Hello and welcome to FOFOP. I'm Will Anderson. And uh, look, I have been doing this for a while. I've been very busy. I've been working on some other things and I've been on the road and those sort of things. But also, I mean, obviously everybody knows uh, what happened in America on uh, Tuesday, November the 8th, the event that has changed the world. And there'd been a lot of requests from people online saying, uh, can you get one particular guest, Charlie, on to talk about what happened? So I thought it was appropriate that we save this conversation uh, until now. So... Uh, guest Charlie, number one, Dave Anthony. Can I ask, start by asking you, is, is, is America great again yet? No. <laughs> it hasn't happened. Not yet? No, we I haven't mean, turned not that corner. Yet. He's not in yet, but I just no. thought maybe just by voting him in, it might have got great Just again. the general feeling. Just the vibe. Yeah. No, is it great? Do you think it's better than it was before? Nope. Seems like it might be a little bit worse. You think so? Yep. That, you think the election didn't clear it all up? No, it seems to have uh, given rise to a, a horrific uh, segment of the population. Right. So uh, before we get on with like the broader discussion around that, do you believe that would have been the case regardless of the result? Like if Hillary had won, do you still you think we would be seeing these protests and stuff, but just from the other side? You know, the people marching in the streets I, would know, be the people with the Make America Great Again hats on? I, I don't know. I, I have no idea what they would have done. I, I uh, you got to think, think that they wouldn't have just taken part. it. Like, would it, or would it have been a dude like holding up a place with a gun or something like that? Is that more well, likely? I mean, the thing about what what's been happening is that it feels organized to me. So maybe they were planning it either way. You know what I mean? So I, I know someone who's has uh, a, a family and they're Muslim and they have a community somewhere in Kansas, a small town. Let's not identify too much. Yeah, and uh, and that night. At like 3 a.m., their mosque was hit and attacked and spray painted. And and that happened in a lot of places. And that just feels organized to me. So I think that these attacks were saying us up. I think this was happening win or lose. That's how it feels. Right. You can attack a mosque in two ways if you are a white, you know, extremist. You can basically attack it as a protest or you can attack it in celebration. Right. Either way, we're attacking a mosque tomorrow. That's right. right. Guys. And, and, you know, everyone just doesn't have spray paint hanging around on their house uh, to go out and do all these things that they did, you know. Well, it's like on our AFL grand final day. I bought tickets to see the Bulldogs, you know, after post, you know, post-match, like, you know, dinner and stuff. And they were really expensive, $250 each, to go to this thing that could have been the most miserable night of your <laughs> <Right>. life. <laughs> but right. they had to book the venue and get the yeah. caterers right. and get people to pay to go there. You can't make that decision at like three-quarter time at the game, right. you know. It just doesn't work like that. So you've got to arrange your, you know, your hate crimes. I would have thought with, yeah, like, you, you know, a couple of days in advance. Yeah, you arrange thought. your hate crimes. You talk talk with your buddies online. You figure it all out, right. and uh, and then you you, My, you see what Milo says. See what? Oh yeah, I thought someone said it was. Do you know Milo? Someone said it was Is Milo. It Milo. Someone said it was Milo. Well, you know why I call him Milo because in Australia we have a delicious chocolate drink. Me- that all, all Australians love called Milo and like well, that's how it's spelled Milo and yeah. whenever I t- see his name I don't think of this terrible alt-right misogynist oh, dude I, I think of the delicious right. they're not alright they're uh, fascists uh, no 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 Dave <laughs> let's give fascists a chance we, we live in a fascist state now I don't think what the one thing I know from history, Dave, is fascists don't enjoy people pointing out they're fascists they're the ones they come from first so let's just say the alt-right okay so 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 we 
So I live in a country. But when we say that, you know, like when they say green, you yeah. know what they mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I get that, it. That's our word. <laughs> when we say alt-right, you know we mean fascist, but we can't say it out loud because fascists don't like when you call people oh, fascists. But we, we live in a country where uh, the, the people who supported the socialist old Jewish man have been given a more ugly term for their existence than than the fascists. So Bernie bros, bros is uh-huh. an offensive, you're stupid, you're a mean asshole term, whereas alt-right's very sort of soft. And, right. Yeah, so that's, I know. that's well, the I mean, country I'm living in. Well, that is true, because alt-right, I mean, it does sound like, you know, I mean, it's like alt-comedy. You're yeah. like, it's not for everyone. That's exactly, it's like, yeah. No, yeah. it's like an alternative right-wing guy. Yeah. What does that on, mean? Guys. It's just like a pop- pop-up racism thing. <laughs> you know what, we'll get some rope, maybe we'll hang someone. <laughs> We're not going to say we will. You know what? You got to bring your own rope. If you want to hang someone, you got to bring your own rope. It's a pop up. We're also alternative. Two dollar so fish tacos, though. So that's good news. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I absolutely agree with you. I was obviously mocking before when I said the thing yeah. about the alt right. I mean, it is language is so important in these battles, and we have become overwhelmed by labels and yeah. you know labels are so rec- recklessly applied yeah. to thought and labels limit thought you know yeah. we we can't have nuanced debates because we want to put everything into a bucket like assuming that you know I, I have read a hundred think pieces on you know why Trump won, and here's what I'm telling you they're all wrong and they're all right yeah. because the reason he won was those hundred reasons that I read about. But right. no, he didn't win because of any one of them. There might be some he won of more because of than other ones, you know. Yeah. You know, the racism or the misogyny or the, the Hillary might have been a flawed candidate running against him. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure we're going to get to all these sort of things. But it wasn't one of those things. It was – and this idea that we think that we can go, this is the reason that someone won or this is the reason that someone lost yeah, there, and it be the only reason is limited in the you – know, There's almost the a desperation to people – trying to say that it's this thing so that I, I, for me it's on the left where they want it to be a, th- a certain thing so that they can't be wrong and it's like no it's everything it was a big mix of shit that came together for the perfect storm and i'm sorry it was ignored but you kind of got to just go okay let's look at all this stuff but there's too many people going no it's just misogyny it's just racism and you're like it's 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 not. It's no, all I mean, those things. It was lucky enough that those things were thrown into the mix and people responded sure. to them. Yeah. But there, it also meant that there were some people who were responding to something else that he was saying, decided to turn a blind eye to racism and misogyny because they thought that the other thing was more, more compelling to them or more important, more important to them or whatever it was. Yeah. You know, regardless of, you know, where your political beliefs are, that you, you understand that. There were some people who voted there because they were like, well, fuck it then. Let's burn it down. But the, but the problem is there's too many people right now who don't believe that and think the country suddenly became racist. Right. Which it just isn't true because the same people that voted for Obama just voted for Trump. It's not like they became racist in eight years. They I, just... And I mean, the idea that like somebody winning the, you know, the system, like he won the system you have in place. Mm-hmm. But, she, you know, the fact that she has beaten him on the popular vote by like over a million or whatever it is. So the idea that the entire country is suddenly a right-wing racist country, even just on that right. alone, is not something that you could substantiate, let yeah. alone the fact that half the country didn't vote. We'll get to that in a little while. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so what do you think it says about America? 
Okay, firstly, let me ask you this. There's so much I want to talk to you about, but let me ask you this. Were you surprised? Well, okay, that's interesting. So, you know, I thought for a long time he was going to win. I, I wasn't paying as much attention. Uh, like, I barely watched the debates. I just kind of checked out. And But I would look at the polls to see what was happening. And, and I noticed it was tightening, but there was always the LA Times poll that was calling it for Trump. And I was just, just going, why is that? A th- why is that a thing? And then on election night, I was in Texas and um, I had to get up early and, <laughs> and I just had this feeling and I, I was like, I don't want to know because I have to wake up at, I have to wake up at six, which at my time is four. So it's going to totally screw me. So I don't want to know because I might not be able to sleep, but I've had this feeling like, I think she might lose this. So I told no one to text me or tell me. And of course, my son called me and was like, Trump's ahead. And then I had to watch it. And then I, I slept like an hour that night because it wasn't so much that I was surprised. It was just the horror of it. It's, uh, I mean, uh, I talked about this on TOEFOP, but I was in the air when the result was being. Oh, yeah, I heard that. And I had done a podcast <laughs> with a guy called Mark Colvin, who's a very experienced Australian political journalist, a couple of days beforehand uh, for philosophy. And we, we'd had a, quite a detailed conversation, a little bit of it on the podcast, but a lot of it, you know, had continued after we'd actually finished the podcast mm-hmm. about that the polls were so close and we thought that he had more secret voters up his sleeve. You know, the idea that there were people who wouldn't say to a pollster or wouldn't even talk to a pollster who, when they got into the voting booth, were going to vote for Trump. And that was the thing that always worried me. Okay, so the thing that worried me is that the, the, the poll of who's ahead in the poll, it doesn't mean shit. As you just saw, right? She well, won the popular I mean, vote. Yeah, absolutely. So, so that's meaningless. You have to look at the individual polls per state, right? And some when, of these yeah. states weren't really being the, polled. When you're looking at the poll and they're like, "Oh, yeah, she's like one percent ahead," and you're like, "Yeah, that's how much she won by." Yeah. However, that is not. That is, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you're really like you're polling the thing that is not the actual thing that is the contest. Yeah. That's exactly right. So without context, those polls mean absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. Yeah. So, so I, and and the, the New York times was, I mean, the LA times is doing this weird. I didn't, they, they wrote an article about how they were doing it differently than everyone else, but they were weighting things differently. And, um, and the problem with the polls, the real big problem is, is that there's a lot of people that have fallen off the radar. They're no longer counted on unemployment. You know, if you're if you're on unemployment for a certain amount of time, two years or something, then you just you're you don't get unemployment anymore, and then you, you're not counted. So they just drop off and drift away, and then you act like they they don't exist, and you, and you don't pull those people because why would you pull those people? They're not even around anymore. So those people rose up. I mean, that was a big part of it. All these people who hadn't voted in a long time. All of a sudden, they their heads came up and they voted for Trump because they're mad at everything. So, the polls, the polls have been fucked up for a while, I think, because of that. Well, don't you think that polls also? The other problem with polls is that it is the other way it goes back into the system. That's what I would argue is this idea that so much of what they do and have done for the last twenty to thirty years is has been so poll driven, you know, yeah. that all the messages that and Hillary Clinton's campaign, you know, you saw it in the the leaked documents around it, the amount of slogans that they poll yeah. test, the amount of things that they say, and the way they craft their message is like almost exclusively, you know, done through polls and getting mm-hmm. this messaging right, and then you got 
people got so sick of that system. Right. Like, because, you know, it's that old quote, I can't, I'm going to paraphrase because I don't know who it's by or the exact quote, but, you know, the idea of they're going, there go my people, I should follow them to see, you know, I'm the leader saying they're, they're my people, I should follow them to see where we're going. Yeah. Like, it's not the electorate's job to tell the government exactly what to do. Like, it's that Steve Jobs thing. It's not the public's job to come up with this. It's our job to tell them what they want next, you know. Right. And... People have got so sick of this fucking system that was clearly set up, you know, for these people that when someone came along and wasn't that, that, like, to some people, that was enough. Right. You're not the thing that we have become so frustrated with. That's exactly You're the it. opposite of it. You're saying things that they would never let the other person say. You're yeah. crazy. Listen to the shit you say. Yeah. And you keep saying it. Who will it be tomorrow? I'm sick of these guys p- pretending like they're telling me what I think. At least this guy fucking says shit. Yeah, and this guy talks like Frank down at the right. at the at McDonald's. Like he's the guy that I see at the store. This guy's just uh, that's what he is. Do you She's think, completely do you think unrelatable. People, uh, you know, and this is the thing about like the you know where uh, do you think people underestimated the amount where ordinary people, even when they're uh, no, they're not of those beliefs themselves. So if you're mm-hmm. not a misogynist or you're not a racist and you're, you're not actually anti-asylum seekers or whatever, you are so used to, you live in a community where you cannot operate in that community mm-hmm. without knowing a guy who's like that, who's in your friendship group or your work group or whatever, that when someone comes along, you you hear those things that Trump says. But like you said, Gary says it at the lunch break yeah. at work as well. And Gary's a nice enough guy. Right. He just has some crazy opinions, right? Yeah. Whereas these, like, you know, people who've been in Washington forever, they don't know anyone who says shit like no. that. And, so and they didn't know how to... That's right. And people in... They thought it would affect people more. They thought people right. would be like, I'll never vote for him. But there were, you know, Latinos or whatever, you know, who clearly just went, well, you know what? I don't like the fact that he's, like, clearly racist against my people, but, you know, heaps of people are racist against my people. <laughs> I like some of his other shit, so... Well, that, so that, that's the big... That's the sort of really the depth to it all is that Trump is saying shit that's horrible, but the, the, you can say what you want. The fucking Clintons did shit. That was horrible. Like they did shit. That was horrible, but he's done heaps of shit. That was horrible too. Well, but not to the people that are directly being affected. Like the Clintons expanded prison in an insane way and put tons of people in prison. NAFTA has just destroyed communities you know, there's other things. There's, you know, robotics and all this other stuff happening, but NAFTA is a part of it. She was right there. Like, so, so his, his saying, I'm going to grab a pussy, will weight that against actual true damage, like to your home, to your family, to your health. Like, how do you, how do you weigh that? Like, so you, all these people on the coast are like, oh, he's, and I, even I, when I heard him do the pussy thing, I was like, well, that's it. He's toast. Right. And he, cause he's he finally come after white women. Right. He's finally, and, yeah. and I thought, well, okay, now some of the, now some but of the women white, support him will peel off and they but, didn't. But white women were some of his strongest supporters. Yeah. You know why? Because they uh, love being grabbed on the pussy. <laughs> they fucking love it. That's they actually what I kept love saying. sexual assault. They, Turns out nobody likes a pussy grab more than the person with the pussy. I mean, I think even the fact though that we joke about this and that people joked about it, it did take away some of the power from what that thing actually was because of the way the language was structured and because of his cartoonish sort of presentation. 
everyone now does grab them on the pussy jokes, forgetting the fact that what they were really talking about was like sexually assaulting somebody that they didn't know and all those sort of things, and that he's been accused of all these sexual assaults. It's almost become like more a comical, you just grab them on the pussy, don't you think? So, so I think that, um, I think that in a way, yeah, but I think the biggest factor in the grab, the grabbing a pussy thing is that those, those people out in the fucking country don't, they're not all prim and proper and they're tired of being told that you can't grab people on the pussy, but that you can't say shit that's, that's bad. Yeah. No, you can't yeah, say he's, shit. There's rules to what you can say. Yeah. And so he said something and everyone's like, he's a rapist. And, and really looking at it, right. he could have just been fucking bragging of being an asshole. So, yeah. so a lot of them saw it as that they didn't see it as, cause I've been reading, you know, people, reporters are finally going out and talking to people. Congratulations on finally going out and finding out what, people think but but there's so many women out there who were just like he he didn't really do that he's just he's just bragging to another guy so and while you're everyone's saying it's not locker room talk i I just kept hearing reporters going it's not locker room talk that's not what locker room like and you're just like yeah no that is locker room talk some places right that actually is and or some version of it or and again this is by the way i think stuff that we do want to change but it is that it's that idea, and look, I mean, I talk about this all the time, that I think that capitalism, the free market is really, like, we we can dress this up as much as we want about anything else, yeah. but the reason it happened in the UK and the reason it's happened here and the reason it's happening to a certain extent in Australia and the reason it's happening in a bunch of other places is they're at equivalent points of their capitalism journey. And what yeah. capitalism... I've, well, it's I've pred- said that, predatory well, capitalism. Well, now. yeah, but, yeah. Th- but this is my point is... Uh, I've I've talked about this a million times, but capitalism capitalism is like uh, something that is really good. It's been proved the free market introducing the free market. It's not a perfect system, and this is the first law that we make, which is this idea that we think if you put in a system, it is somehow perfect. You know, the right. free market's a perfect system. Yeah, then no, you, then you can't argue against it anymore. Right. It's, well, it's which do, is we're doing stupid. it. Yeah. But really secondly, stupid. what we should just be saying is it is the least worst system we have from moving third world economies into first world economies at a rapid rate right right? and most people being caught up in because that's basically the story of capitalism at the start it's not too bad like most people actually socially social mobility increases for a while Mm -hmm. but but because it's so ravenous and the way that it's set up what eventually happens is what we're seeing around the world is that it, it naturally reinforces its inequality because money right. enables you to get more money. So those who have money are, are able to accumulate more opportunities to get money. And yeah. it means that there is less money for those who ended. The two get further and further away as the educational systems and the structural systems or, you know, the rich people send their kids to the best schools and right. the best teachers also. So even if you don't get like you get institutional bias that can never be rectified because the system, the thing that drove it to there is no good for maintaining that system, right? right? It's like introducing cane toads to get rid of the beetles, but then <laughs> they eat all the beetles <laughs> and yeah. you're surrounded by fucking cane toads <laughs> and then you're like, fuck, a, a cane toad is president. <laughs> There's a cane to- We voted a cane toad to be leader of the free world because we thought he'd kill the bugs, but now he's elected all these other cane toads, all male cane toads, alt-right, fascist They're- cane toads. <laughs> it's true, uh- you know, and it, but it's fascinating to watch because the, because the other thing, the messaging. Sorry, like I got, but you know, the reason, part of the reason, you know, when we talk about all the reasons, the media and the way the media yeah. operates now, 
But that, again, is as a result of the fact that the, those who benefited from capitalism in its right. earlier stages became these media barons. Yeah. It wasn't meant to be like this. It, it, when the press was first set up, it was meant to represent the people. That right. was the idea of the press. Yeah. And, it meant, and there was this idea about the press that it shouldn't all be owned by the same people because then it would be used for influence and you wouldn't get dichotomous voices and then these sort of issues. You know, like L Rupert Murdoch and all these sort of people, your Fox News and all these sort of... These were businessmen making business decisions yeah. that created an environment in which these sort of things happen. The way we have lowered our social discourse and our level for what we consider to be like, I mean, the fact that, you know, this fame thing and what we've created, you know, yeah. we raised generations on advertising yeah. and capitalism. We told them that you have to aspire at all times, you know, update your fucking, you know, supercomputer every six months, you know, and now it's got to be a gold color or a red color or smaller or bigger or fucking whatever. And then we're surprised that they're willing to elect a fucking brand to run the country. Like it, right? I mean, all this has been put in place by the free market, you know? Yeah, well, completely, uh, particularly with media, like media being. I remember when I was like, it was like in the late 80s, and, and someone, I was reading someone, it might have been Chomsky or someone was like, if, if your media is based on ratings, your democracy will fail. Right. Of course it will. Of course it will. I mean, the reason that I mean, you can you can kind of trace the journey of Trump through this podcast in a way, because you know we would have check-ins just over the journey of what he was doing because I was here a lot and yeah, you know it'd be that you don't think he can win, can you? And for a while it wasn't, but we kept going. But yeah, but he still keeps winning, <laughs> and you know you can actually hear that kind of you know growing realization that it was you know tapping into something across the country. Like yeah, but the fascinating thing was the the willful denial of democrats that that people in the general election would be the same as people in the republican primaries they oh. thought it would be a whole different animal and i kept looking at it going well, no it's the same thing it's why would it be different they're they're not they're the same people well the interesting thing you know what was interesting was that um the approval ratings of both of the candidates were the lowest ever yeah. of either of the candidates right. like going into an election right yeah and the theory behind that was the idea that they were the two most well-known like you know candidates so yeah because normally what happens is right. that people discover more about you initially you get this kind of bounce of being fresh in a thing like anthony mm -hmm. weiner you know the more yeah. you, the more you find out the more it turns out <laughs> he wasn't, wasn't the shooting star you all imagined him to be in the first place but you know to some extent that's the case with everybody the more you know the, the yeah the, the more there are people who disapprove of those people they have sure. reasons to do it what they didn't know was what effect that would have on the election campaign. Of course. Because what happened was he would say all these things, but because they both already had such high disapproval ratings, it didn't really shift much, right? right? And he was getting his message out to the people who wanted to respond to those messages. But even more than that, in an advertising and marketing sense, she was getting his message out because they thought they were doing something really clever. And to be honest, when I first saw the ads, I was going, oh, this is really clever. Her She's ads? Not, yeah, at the start because... I. Well, I've changed my mind and I'll explain why. Yeah. But at the start, I was like, this is great. She's not even attacking him. She's using his own words yeah. to attack. But then when I realized, I was, oh, no, this isn't changing anything. Right. So now what you're doing is running millions of dollars of ads for him and because you're using yeah. all his words and you're packaging them up and, and you're putting and, them on and television. And also, you can't do that for six straight months. You have to change the ads. Trump changed his ads in the last week and they were 
far superior to anything she ever made. Well, he, be, you know what his ads were? His ads were his news clips up until that point, though, pretty much. Like, yeah. he didn't do a lot of advertising he until didn't very do much, late I mean, in but the, the game. N- the NRA was doing some for him, which was hilarious in California. No, he had a lot of people doing things on his behalf. Yeah. But he wasn't doing a lot himself, but he was just great at that viral marketing, getting on the news by saying the thing or tweeting the thing. Yeah. But then, but then in the last week, he put ads in all those particular places, and they were targeted at her. You know, she right. supported NAFTA. She supported, well, this is what I was about like, to say. The stuff that really matters but to also people. His he, big like ads, his negative attack ads, was like crooked Hillary, and yeah, whatever it would lie in Ted. Up until that last week, yeah. Like I mean, I, I can't even believe the fact that he, like I mean, this is the most amazing thing. Is like. He actually used the exact same play. That's like in Mighty Ducks and Mighty Ducks 2, them using the same fucking... Like, do you know what I mean? Like, he had Lion Ted, and that worked. So he uh-huh. just went, well, Crooked going Hillary. with Crooked Hillary now. Yeah. Like, if he runs again, like, you know, you, I mean, how are we going to counter his fucking... I remember I was I was sitting with a friend. I mean, like, let's be honest, ladies and gentlemen. Remember when he denied that he had a small dick? In one of the, oh yeah, yeah, remember that? Yeah, that was great. And we were like, "Well, there's no way you can have a president." Of the United States. <laughs> we literally had a debate to die a small dick, but turns out, oh. congratulations. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, you know, it's uh, so. Uh, so, wh- wh- what do you think has been the reaction around the country of uh, to what happened? Like, what do you th- do you think people are getting their analysis? Well. Give me, you know, anything more than, you know, you already have given me. What is there? Is there anything more of your analysis that I need to hear about? Or should we talk about what you think people are getting wrong about the the result? Um, I mean, they're kind of the same. I think we're more fucked than we ever were because the Democrats in power are not learning the lesson that they need to learn. They're doubling down and... You know, they need to get the fuck away from corporations. Someone needs to govern for the working class. But again, this is the point. You can't run for president unless you've got like a billion dollars. Bernie did. Bernie matched her. Right. But this is like, I mean, but yeah, this is a, uh, this is an uh, environment where the free market again and the money that has gone into politics has created what happened. And the two parties who have created a corrupt system um that is not what the what was envisioned right. when the government was set up they've they've you know created this two party thing that is but even just fucking so ridiculous. even on behalf of the working man you know what i mean like the fact that the poor working man you know or you know working person i mean i don't mean like you yeah. know but the, the the person had to have donald trump as the person they think best represents them. Like, you know, I've it's, heard that it's a not lot. Even, it's not even it's that he like, best represents them. It's that, that they, he's, he was the best person to finally go, fuck off. Stop it. Right. Stop it. Like, just punch them in the face. Like, how many years did they fuck over both sides, left and right, fuck over the working class before the working class went, well, here's, here's, we can finally fucking hurt these people. We can finally hurt them. It's about hurting. But do you not think the working class, like, you know, worry about what, what effect it'll have on, you know, on everything? Well, so, yes, but they also knew that Hillary was not going to help. They, they'd learned the lesson of the corporate Democrat, they're not fucking idiots. They watched it over and over and went, okay, so that's not going to help us. So we may as well take a long shot with the pussy-grabbing 
uh, orange guy because at least he's completely different. Do like, you, it's do a you Hail not, Mary. Do you not think that there, there was at least some like hope that she might, you know, have been forced there by the fact that she needed, you know, the Bernie supporters and the no, fact because that she... all they did was scorn and attack Bernie supporters. They spent more time attacking Bernie supporters than they did Trump people. I mean, do, it was do insane. you think? Do you think there was a problematic element of Bernie supporters who were who you know, like you know? I mean, obviously, your opinion. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but is that Bernie bro? Those some of whom who were labeled Bernie bros, or the way that that pejorative was used. Like that was unfair, but were there some people, you know, who were kind of, you know, the that problematic in that way? Do you think? Yeah, but they exist in every quarter. Right. They're not unique to Bernie Sanders. They're they're part of every group. Like there were Hillary people that were just fucking unconscionably awful. Like, I mean, is, is it the problem that because everyone's problematic? Like, I can yeah. find reasons to tell you why all of them would have won or lost. And I can, you know, I can make a list of reasons why I think Bernie would have won. And I think some of them are probably valid. And I could have made an equally compelling list of reasons why I think, you know, if if we're going to talk about racism and all those sort of things, Mm -hmm. maybe, you know, maybe it wouldn't have worked out, whatever. You know, I think that perhaps, you know, he would have been uh, just from a point of view of strategy. Right. Because I think she was limited by... Uh, you know, in the way that she could combat Trump by people's perceptions of women. And she was in this situation where it was problematic, I think, of how to... Like, they had a strategy, which was just let him say all these things and just keep your composure. But in retrospect, it probably seems like it would have been more beneficial to be in on those issues and really presenting solutions and, you know, putting some stuff out, out well, she, there that people could grab, grab onto. She couldn't um, produce solutions because she is the elite you know, corporate problem. The, 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 the fucking greatest example is so Bernie has run this campaign, you know, democratic socialism, you know, let's make things equal. Huge, huge populism wave. And the other side, there's Trump doing the same thing, huge populism wave. And then she's running against Trump and coming out and making fun of him in speeches because he says he has several billion dollars and she says he doesn't. That's fucking insane. And that shows how deluded she was because what you should be attacking him on is he's the rich guy problem. But she's chiding him for not being a billionaire. That's so fucking clueless. And it sort of encapsulates how she didn't know what was happening or was just in willful denial of what was happening, but the people were rising up and here, and it's just the classic rich people like making fun of each other over rich things. And it has nothing to do what's happening. Like the fact that she got up and made fun of him in speeches about the fact that he didn't make his, have as much money as he said, it's fucking crazy. Like it's, it's mind bogglingly crazy. And you watch that and you're like, well, this, this person is, completely out of their fucking element do you think it was because though that he was i mean like i mean he was running a campaign unlike any other campaign that has ever been seen it would have been very interesting to see how anyone because you're running against someone who's just decided to completely play against every rule or you know strategy or thing that there is yeah like is there a chance that he was just one of those people that's really just really hard to come up with a strategy no, I, I think i against? think i think that she was the exact perfect maybe only candidate that could lose to him that's what i think 
I think I think that that Democrats, you could just go down the list of things that just lined up so perfectly that that they were screwed. Now, Bernie would never have attacked Trump. He would have said, okay, this guy gets away with stuff and here's why. But Bernie didn't attack. He never attacked Hillary. He went after the system, right? So if he goes after the system that created Trump, that's different. But Bernie, it was a was clean. He had no, there was nothing you could really, t- you could go after the Jewish and socialist thing, but that's like, that's a philosophical difference in governing as opposed to, you know, Crooked Hillary did have all this shit that was in her trunk, right? Do you think, though, that he would have, regardless of that, like, I mean, because Trump clearly doesn't care about those things, like, as demonstrated from already how they're having meetings and, like, the clearly corrupt yeah, way yeah. that oh, they're yeah. going to... Well, oh, yeah, like, totally. I mean, uh, he's done stuff already. No, that's insane. Like, that is worse, well, not worse, but, like, you know, he's already you know, verging on equivalency to those things. So he clearly doesn't care about Hillary's emails, and people don't clearly no, care doesn't. in the society, like, you know, about it, I don't think. But there's something about... It gave them an excuse to i think what the emails i think the emails well because if you're talking about equivalency like of all the like i mean the way that he's defrauded people in the university the way that he's done all these like terrible things like i mean you've got it doesn't matter because he was he's not he's not the government he's not the guy who for 20 years has fucked people she I mean, is. it's just. I mean, I know. She's I under- the system. I understand what you're saying, but I just still find it in- incredibly insane that someone can, like, regardless of that, think that he is a better solution to that problem. I, it's not that he's a. I think that many of them don't think he is a better solution. I think many of them just wanted to bloody the people who had been hurting them for so long. You know, it's. It's the it's the thing where at some point you become a suicide bomber. Like, at what point in the end of hope? Here, okay. So let's let's talk about the 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 Mexican thing, right? Mexican uh-huh. build a wall. Everyone's like they're they're taking our jobs. Blah, blah. That's that's that was a small part of it. Taking the jobs. That was about heroin. That's what the build a wall was about to a lot of those people. Heroin, because. So you have somewhere to in, lean in against states, once you shoot up. Is in those states that she lost. Yep. There's so many unemployed and fucked people and there is so many dead people from heroin, Mexican heroin coming up from the border and laying swaths of dead people. The mortality rate is shot up. Mothers are losing their kids. Entire communities are fucking destroyed by heroin. And that's what they were. That's what a lot of them were talking about when they were saying build a wall. They don't want their communities destroyed by heroin anymore. Don't the Mexican drug dealers, they just build tunnels? Yeah. I mean, that's the like, other thing. I mean, Al Chapo... Hey, look, Chapo's a tunneler. He's, mate, like a, he's like a gopher. Those guys love tunnels. They fucking love those tunnels. Mexican drug lords. <laughs> they just li- they're like uh, wombles. They really are. They just live in a series of caves underground. I so mean, they But the thing is, they're so cute when they're underground and in a tunnel. Not they're not great outside you know of the tunnel, the but they're super cute. I mean, that is the thing in their own environment. Yeah. I mean, nothing cuter than seeing El Chapo escape oh from prison. Oh my god! You see, you see a Chapo in a tunnel. And I mean, it's really great. I mean, it's just a great time. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, so it's it's where to from here? <laughs> How do we make America great again? Firstly, okay, Dave, can I, I mean, this has been coming up a couple of times in conversations recently, and forgive me if I'm going too far on this, but 
Uh, so on Saturday night in uh, Cleveland, in Ohio, at mm-hmm. Hilarities, um, uh, they, they're a great club. Uh, but Ohio, yeah, as sure. I as I said to them in my stand-up, I had a little thing where I was like, because I was just doing a bit at the start where basically the riff was around the idea. I was like, you know, I love Cleveland because I do love Cleveland. Yeah. I do love doing shows there. But the whole bit was kind of like, and I loved it, uh, BLB. Before LeBron, mate, I, was, <laughs> I remember you guys, and then I used that. I had this whole bit about like that was zombies from The Walking Dead just walking around yeah. like LeBron, come back, like yeah. this whole thing. And then like I go through the whole journey of like when he came back, and then he almost won, and how the city, and then like and then everyone had this strut back, and then he won, and like yeah. Cleveland came, blah blah blah. And then he asked one thing of you, he said, "Vote Hillary," and you were all like, <laughs> "Fuck you, LeBron, <laughs> we've got our rings." <laughs> But the point is that they did, you know, like Ohio did go to uh, Trump. So yeah. I was doing a week of shows two weeks out from the election mm-hmm. in a place where there was clearly going to be some audience members. Yeah. Who, and I, I don't have a heap of stuff about it, but I obviously had some stuff around it, you know, and just kind of those sort of jokes, not, you know. And you're and you're not American, so. Well, that's. Honestly, a lot of us don't want to hear it. Well, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. Like there's certainly an American attitude to you know you're not from here it's it's a tough thing when when you're in this place and shit's all fucked up and then other people from another place come in and go this is what i think and you're doing wrong it's like yeah okay so i i can understand that is what america does to every other country in the world though well that's that was actually the bit i was doing this weekend (laughs) it was like i was i was i started because i was in san francisco so i started talking about the the emails and and how upset the Russia thing was, and people applauded. And I was like, I know, because it's not like we did it, and I just fucking listed off the fucking 50 countries we fucked in the past. Like, come on. I mean, that but is the, literally the American that, foreign that, policy. Yeah, people are upset about the Russians. Fuck you. That's what we've been doing forever. America forever. You don't, yeah. I mean, and, and all they did was reveal the truth. So fuck off. Like, bummer. I mean, you know, welcome, welcome to the world. It, it was never going to be great. Yeah, well, I mean, there is certainly an element of uh, comeuppance. Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt about that. Yeah, like you know, and there's no doubt that there were certain factions around the world. Who I mean, well, China's another one. China's just been sitting there, fucking going. Yeah. I did not realize I'm going to make this so easy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because China have been positioning themselves both economically and culturally, but now militarily as well for this period of years. You yes. know, the Beijing Olympics and yes. you know coming out to the world and like opening it all up and the yeah. way they've grown now. But in China now, because like the they've moved into that place now where they have a mid- lot of middle-class people and yeah. they don't like air pollution and, yeah. you know, they're going to need extra... Anyway, What the world is going to change and with Russia and China so strong and North Korea so unreliable and America staggering around dealing with whatever the fuck's going on here. <laughs> do you know what I mean? That's why the world cares and I guess that's why the world has an opinion on it. As an Australian... We, are, we have to have an opinion on it. I mean, I live yeah. here half the year, so I want to know if I've jumped onto the Titanic. You know? Yeah, you have. I have. Yeah. Oh, but I but I want to know how long it is before I get before the fucking thing goes into the iceberg. Because I've jumped into onto the Titanic in the hope that, you know, there might be some spots in the orchestra. And <laughs> so... <laughs> uh, I don't know if there's a way out of it. If I'm really being honest, I don't know if... Do you think this is a natural death of, like, could it be one of those things where this is really, I mean, people have talked about the death of, because 
Well, so this is what I was going to talk about before Before I got to... So in both shows on Saturday night, they had large groups, uh, 12, 14 people who had to be walked out of the show because they were just... Sure. Would not shut up about Trump yeah. and whatever. Yeah, and, that's the other thing is they're super emboldened and they want to scream you down. Right. And the irony of that, that they, you know, that like literally one of them went up to the owner who, by the way, is like 71 years old or 72 years, 73 years old and like believes that, you know, Trump, the rise of Trump reminds him of the rise of fascism. Like mm-hmm. he said that to me and could not have been better, you know, with these people, he treated them politely and whatever, but always on the comedian side, no pressure you know, back at us to be like don't do those sort of things or anything like that. In fact, the opposite, you know, really kind of, you know, liking that he has artists who do those sort of things and whatever. But we were joking about that idea because one of them said you should warn people that, you know, like, you know, about that. And I was like, are you asking for a safe space and a trigger warning? <laughs> Literally have asked for a trigger warning because you, you thought this would be a safe space. I feel like yeah. this is not the... Yeah. Like, I mean, literally you voted for this guy because he's all about telling it like it is and somebody gets up there and tries to tell it like it is and you have an objection to that. That's... Yeah. That, like, I mean... That, oh, that, uh, there's a guy we... Because the, the... Oh, I put up a thing on Instagram. Just Harper said something about Trump and one guy was like, well, the dog fucking sucks. Trump, yeah. And I was just like, what? I thought you guys were all about just talking shit and fucking saying stuff. Right. But someone says something, you get all turned into the biggest bitch. Like, really? That's. I thought you guys were like, like you know, we, let's spar now. Let's let's. You want to go mano a mano? Let's start. Let's start having it. But they fucking flip out. Right. They totally flip out. I They're mean, like because children. it's not about that. No. It's about them saying the things that they want to say, which yes. often are things that keep other minorities and people down. It's and they're sad that they can't say that anymore. But do you think that we are? Here's what I think about the about progressives, and I would consider myself to be a progressive uh, if I'm going to well, like say. I mean, I don't. Uh, that term is weird here because there's two versions now. There's liberals and leftists. Well, uh, yeah, and that's why I'm why I'm going to say progressive, just because to me, like you know, it, it essentially, like naturally, like you know, I I want things to like you know move forward and be better for for people. So that's right. you know that's a progressive attitude. That's mm-hmm. the best way to define it. It's it's certainly outside left or liberal. I don't think that any of those things are perfect explanations for what my personal political philosophy is. But it is like generally progressive, I would say, and I would generally find my opinions fit on what people would classify as being one of those left or liberal, depending on what your classifications are. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't classify it myself in that way. Um, I just have my opinions on things, and they tend right. to be of that sort of variety. Sure. Right? Um, but I have a real objection to people who, you know, I've, I've always, like, yeah, often you get it in comedy. Like, somebody discovers there's no God, but they're, like, 32, and then they... <laughs> Then they, then they write like a really angry show about how there's no God and like telling everybody uh, the Bible is full of lies and you go and watch it and you go, yeah, but like, you know, when you were 12 and you were meant to work this out, like, yeah, you know, so um, I think that we have a lot of, particularly in people who consider themselves to be the pro- progressive community and like that sort of thought policing sort of aspect of you know, the, going into the John Ronson publicly shamed and all those sort of elements is this idea that if you use the wrong word, and we found it through podcasting, for example, like mm-hmm. five years ago, six years ago, when I started doing like TOEFOP and FOFOP, we didn't talk about trans people in the way that That's right. I now talk about trans people. Totally, 100%. I just didn't know. Yeah. And I like in that time, 
I have known. But now if somebody else isn't as up-to-date as me, a person who gets to get constant feedback on these things, lives in the public domain of thinking about ideas and expressing ideas and having feedback constantly of people like giving yeah. me advice on those ideas. If some dude who just works in a shop most of the time and then takes his kids to like soccer and whatever, has, hasn't been dipping into the internet to get completely up-to-date on <laughs> the right trans terminology, doesn't know there's a Q at the end of fucking L- yeah. LGBTI or whatever. Like, Let's not like immediately brand that person a homophobe or a racist or whatever because that's the one thing that that guarantees is that makes that person a homophobe right. or a racist. Or, you, or they just don't want to be on your side yeah. no matter what. Right. I mean, you're just accusing them of things. You're calling, they're telling them they're a bad person. Tell them how to develop their idea or give them the opportunity to develop their idea or expose them in an interesting way to you know better ideas than the ones they have and trust yeah. that there's an innate humanity that I've seen a billion times. Like I grew up in the country where it was homophobic until... You know, the two gay guys ran the cafe that everybody loved in town and now <laughs> right. it's the most socially progressive place right. because they weren't terrible people. Right. They had never met a gay person and they had all these weird myths and ideas yep. and prejudices about a thing they'd never met and now that they've got it, no, they like, love oh, yeah, it. It's fine. Because that's how the world works. Right. Now, we don't have to wait until every Muslim person opens a cafe to fucking solve this shit but, or, you know, or whatever. But I, I do think that we are so quick to condemn those or label those but who, you know, perhaps you you're know. also, you're also just talking about socially progressive and, and the problem with what ha- what's happened in America is that we have traded social progress for economic destruction and foreign and, and an evil foreign policy. Well, that's the unnecessary end of the free market again, though, because what it becomes is like capitalism has to, Keep, you have to keep buying things. That's why the war machine, like the American war machine, but, yeah, grew so strong. But it's it also capitalism. But it also makes it so that you're just defending, like, oh, we just want abortion legal, and meanwhile, there's just fucking rubble and burning everything because right. you've got that one thing. And that, that, I mean, that's what this election almost came down to was just people saying the Supreme Court can't be overturned because of this, and you're like can you not see what's fucking happened over the past 20 years? Like that's not going to matter pretty soon. That's how bad things are going to be. That abortion won't even fucking matter. Do, do, what did you think of the fact that climate change wasn't even mentioned in the debates? And, well, of course it wasn't. Trump. Well, so that goes back to the media. So the media, you know, they do, they do uh, polls and they, and, and they do focus groups and they find out what news people want to hear. And people don't want to hear about climate change. So that's who's asking the questions. We don't have, we used to have this, the the women's league of uh of voters used to uh run every debate and they would ask good questions and because they weren't beholden to anything they were just trying to find out stuff about the candidates and right. then as the questions parties, ordinary people give a shit about yeah and then as i mean the that parties, was the thing that like fascinated me with the debates was how little it was fucking nonsense how little i ever felt like even in the one that was meant to be full of ordinary people yeah how little i felt like they ever addressed concerns of no, ordinary it was people. absolute fucking garbage the whole, there was there were anytime i tuned in i was like well they're not talking about anything that matters or there's nothing like there was absolutely fucking nothing that anybody said in there that mattered it was just all garbage and th- and that's but that's ratings, right? They they're just looking for a gotcha moment so they can get people to watch their show. Oh, I mean those Trump debates. I watched all of them, and Amy watched them, and Amy doesn't watch like political yeah. debates. But I watched she, one. She was so repelled, you know, but also compelled, you know, by him. I guess because of that. Like, I mean, she hated him. She was in tears when like 
she found out that he won. Like, yeah. you know, it, it really affected her because the, I think the the sexism and the misogyny and the, you know, the assault charge, all those sort of things really, like, combined with everything else. But there's a real visceral reaction to that, I think. Okay. And I think for women, like... Yeah. I think for women, and this is why I think a lot of women, yeah, you know, not the ones, the heap who voted for him, by the way, yeah. but why women who are on the other side, women who backed Hillary yeah. and saw the fact that, that for once they might be represented at least at women and then lost to every nightmare of a man, like the right. absolute caricature of everything that, you know. Right, the, like, guy, the guy that... The creepy boss, the lingering. Think of the guy that you're you know, that, that you've been living in a society that right. has been telling you, no, no, we don't put up with that right. anymore. Well, bullshit. Right, right. So bullshit. I understand. I have a great understanding and sympathy for people who are genuinely shattered by the Hillary thing because of that. I, I would take it a step further, and I would say that that women need to really sort of acknowledge what society has just told them and start fighting. Right. And I think that will happen. And I'm talking about everywhere. Like right. if someone, you know, there's, I was talking to my wife about it and she's like, yeah, the, the lines that we drew, like, don't call me bitch. Like, no, that's, that's so far from the battle you have to fight now. I mean, the idea that for women the message it sends that a country would rather elect the worst human on the fucking planet mm -hmm. rather than like a woman like i know by the way we've talked about it many of the other factors that come into this but you can't help but also get that message out of it i imagine if you're it's, a woman in this so, country you can't so, help but get that it's message. so fucking complicated because if if the democrats had had an ounce of intelligence and run any other woman who didn't come like they went out and picked well, was the, the one candidate with the most baggage right. in American fucking history. I mean, Barack Obama was a serious smart choice. The first black guy was clean as a whistle. Right. You couldn't find anything on him. But the, the opposite is true. The argument for Hillary was, well, those are all made up. Right. Well, no, they're not. She, she's, she's pound for pound one of the most arrogant, hubris-filled people. That whole email thing was never about the content of the emails. It was about her behavior. People saw that behavior again, and they didn't fucking like it. It wasn't about the illegality. It was about the hubris involved, which was, if you actually read what she did, mind-boggling. Uh, and I don't, A, know enough about it, but B, uh, I, I don't doubt it and I yeah. don't doubt that she was it, probably in a million other ways we never even found out about yeah. flawed because the system is so flawed, What we, that's what we've seen about right. it, that you cannot have been around in and survive in and thrive in Correct. that system without, right. I mean, you've been part of the thing and I can see and, how and people so are going, well... And he kept saying that. It was clearly something that he thought was responding was yeah. he kept saying every time she'd go, we fix something, he goes, well, you've been here for 20 years. Right. Why, why isn't it fixed? And then, and, and then, I think to some people yeah. that probably really spoke to them. It totally did. Them, you know. It's true though. Why weren't you screaming out for it? But, but it's because, you know, when she went to Washington, she wasn't this person. But when you're in it for so long, you don't, that's just, you're like, this is how it works. Right. And well, you're it's like, how it has to work. You have to spend a certain amount of time with donors to get the big, or right. otherwise you don't have the budget but to run for president. you fucking don't, because she had so much goddamn fucking money and she was still going to fundraisers and not going to Wisconsin. Right. Like, at some point, you, you, you're so involved in it that you just 
don't see outside that bubble. And that's what the bubble she was in. Like she was raising a billion dollars instead of like, they're begging for her to send money and bodies to Michigan and Wisconsin. Cause it's an electoral system. It's not a popular vote. They're begging and she's not doing it. Why, going why do you think they did, didn't send people there? Why? Just pure arrogance. They just thought, well, Barack won that. So we'll win it. They don't even know that like, so talk, talk to, talk to, a, go talk to a fucking, a, a, a black do you guy. Think, do you think that is about, uh, arrogance that, because if you know anything about the history of the relationship between the Clintons and the Obamas, it's poisonous mm-hmm. and it is a great compliment regardless of the flaws of Obama's time as president. And, you know, I, I I'm willing to hear arguments. There were a bunch, you know, a bunch yeah. of things that he did, didn't fix whether pa- it was his fault of, or not. Part or of whatever, this Trump thing right? is his fault. The well, big of course. Part of it, yeah. But also part of it goes back to what he was left with after, you know, Bush as well. Like, I mean, like these things uh-huh. are, these things don't all start in a bubble. Like, I mean, yeah, but the world went into a massive recession at that time. And, you know, you're at a point in your evolution where there is some control over those so things. There is, yeah. So then don't put the people who did that in charge of the, in charge of our economy. Like he put the same people in charge. Like there's, there were huge mistakes he made that were insane. Yeah. Well, I mean, so, I agree with, I mean, the wall street thing is, but I, again, this comes back to my argument that it, uh, suddenly the actual idea, you know, the banks are too big to fail, that wall street is too important to how things are done to, and like the, the thing that we never talk about is the idea of how even our perspective to work and to, you know, like these sort of things of like, why do people work? So, uh-huh. you know, this idea of going, uh, so in, uh, in Ontario, they've just uh, brought in a, a minimum living wage for people because what they're kind of recognizing is, is the economy. So this is what you were saying about progression, right? Yeah. That like there is an element of our progression as a society, our reckless run towards, you know, artificial intelligence and, yeah. you know, uh, technology and always wanting to update technology regardless of ever having a conversation about like from the what that means from the little level of how we communicate to each other as human beings yeah. you know now and a lot of that you know we could talk about around this election about yeah, the role of social it's like, media it's like that, and, was it the microsoft that put up the twitter the little twitter that was within a, a day a nazi right <laughs> like yeah so there is there is you know, all these elements that have you know, kind of come into play. Yeah. And so much of that progression has been, you know, if we go buy into the idea that the free market is always right and you've got to look after your shareholders, mm-hmm. you start doing things like, well, we could give our shareholders more money if we make these T-shirts in China rather than make right. them here. What we're not having a conversation about is what is it, the idea of work and T-shirts and capitalism. Like the idea of you having a shop wasn't meant to be so that one family could have half the stuff. Right. The idea of having a shop was so that like everyone could have like enough money to go to a shop and there was a good shop, you know, and if you had a good shop, then everyone would come to your shop. And that's actually meant to be what the free market's meant to be about. It's not meant to be about two big companies. It's meant to be like the idea that competition would be so good that yeah. every, you know, you'd, you'd have it all work like that. But it Yeah, doesn't. but I mean, then, then you get down to Monopoly and, and the, the Democrats are pro-Monopoly. So, so yeah, it's, it, it's not a conversation we're having and it's not a conversation we're going to have until we run the car into an actual ditch and it's on fire. Like right now we're just teetering on the edge, but 
Like the, I the, mean, right the, now, the, like right everyone, now you've handed the keys to the drunk guy yeah. in the bar who was telling you about how he was going to build a wall between Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> you know, let Donald drive. <laughs> it's like the, the conversation to be had is, and it was such a bummer to watch the election because the worst thing about it was, was the, the racism on the left of, of, of saying we just need, we just need people of color and women and everyone else can go fuck themselves. And you're like, that's not how this works. It would never work that way. And if it works that way, then you're Bosnia. So congratulations, you've created a nightmare. But the, the idea that we don't, they this hatred against, against white working class men because they're all racist. Well, they're not all fucking racist. Some of them are, some of them aren't. They're like anybody else. But these broad generalizations that were coming out were so destructive and they're still happening after the election there's still people like we don't need to reach out to those people right well reach out to everybody well yeah i mean the problem was and i i understand why like i i I totally have empathy yeah, for white people. Yeah, because of the misogyny and the racism, and because it's always been good for white men. And the fine, yeah, but of course it hasn't. Like, of I mean, course it hasn't. Of course it hasn't. Yeah. But except the for the indentured perce- servants and the, the guys perception who- is that right. it's always been good for white men. That's right. And often in a, in America, if you just were to take a broad stroke of how America has made and what it's been about, yeah, you, know, you could pl- find plenty of evidence to make that the case. And so suddenly, other people who have been persecuted minorities, you know, like kind of go fuck white people and i get that except that there's too many white people right there's like a, like for, it's for not you like to achieve what you people. want like <laughs> there's too many white people so just as from a strategy point of view and i get it man like i get it i'm a white guy and i get it yeah like often i want to be the guy who's like fucking white guys right but i don't think that does help because i do think it actually means oh. that white guys suddenly do that's you push where, them away, right? Well, that's where this like online, you know, people who would call themselves the alt right, yeah, like can get to people, right? Because you can suddenly go, they don't care about you, and they do right. want to take about your stuff because it, it starts to sound like that. Now, I understand the argument that fucking poor white men and they shouldn't need to be coddled and they've had everything forever. I get how people would think that, but it's, I don't think it's, it's actually like it's such a crazy idea to me because if you if you so let's just take slavery. Right, so slavery exists, right? Well, who who does that also fuck over? I mean, so you got guys who are slaves, but then that means there's a lot of uh, jobs that aren't available for the low fucking end. The guys who scrape by, that those were all the white guys who were like, there were tons of them who wanted to get rid of slavery so they could get a fucking job. But this is like, my but this is my point about again. It comes back to economics. The reason yeah. there was slavery, and this is. What the myth of American exceptionalism, and by the way, American America there is, is well, America has been exceptional at some things. You have the most guns. <laughs> yeah, you have, you've had the no, but I mean, honestly, <laughs> do you know what I mean like you get some respect in the club because you have the biggest guns yeah. and you had the most bling. You know, as a country, yeah. like your entertainment industry, like was you know all over the world and it was the biggest and the best, and you grew these things, but you also grew American industry. But what no one ever talks about is if you grow a lot of that on like this free labor, free labor and then you take it away, it brings you back to the pack. But right. what America has done since then, it always does these things that go, we have the best schools in the world. And I'm like, okay, here's the thing. You're allowed to love your country, but you're not going to fix it if you just say things like that because here's what they do. Like a myriad of studies on education systems around the world. Ours is the like, worst. It's like you don't make the top 20. Yeah. Like – 
No, we're terrible at everything. And for where you are in the world and what your economic success and all those sort of things are, you should be like the, the best education system yeah. in the world. And you should be. And if you were, like some of these other problems we're having right now wouldn't be. Right. You know, but even from then, you were talking about a system where like, you know, the inequality was already built into it. You right. Know? Oh, completely the poor guys in. were being screwed over because the rich guys didn't want to pay. The, essentially, the problem was, and this is the thing that the rich guys are really good at distracting us from. You know, right. we end up all fighting each other when it's really the fucking like, I mean, yeah, the but, fact here, but here's the fucking crazy thing is now there's a bunch of there's a, it is the rich guys, but it's weird to watch the left because there's this giant wing, the media, oh, they're all Ivy League fucking educated da dads or doctors and they're driving the dialogue. They drove the Clinton dialogue, but they're just rich. And that's all they give a fuck about. But that's and they what, control the media. But even to that point, that's what I mean. Like, I mean, you, you regardless, either way. Either neither side. of neither of those groups are really talking to right. you know, poor people. Well, and one is actually but the weird thing is the ones who are even worse to the poor, like, are better at talking to the poor. Right. That's what we're learning. And you see it in right wing tabloid newspapers. Yeah. That's essentially what that is. Because they're always owned by rich people who actually don't want like anything like they don't want you to have like yeah, they don't care that a refugee is taking your job they want you to fight against the refugee so you don't realize that the fact that they don't pay tax in australia is taking yeah. your job right yeah and that's what the slaves versus the workers who are like the slaves are suffering and the guys who haven't got jobs are suffering yeah they're both, they're both being screwed and they're by pitted the against each other who, yeah and they pit yeah, yeah exactly that yeah. becomes the problem yeah you know? that is the problem so it's really it's it's going to be interesting to see what happens because there's there's a couple of scary sort of possibilities and one is one is that like I said these there seems to be an organization to the the fascism mm -hmm. thing that's a little concerning and the concern you know there's also been a bunch of cops that have been killed by white these white guys um, you're is not it? hearing about it because they're not black guys but yeah there's been like seven or eight cops. Like uh, more cops. Really? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. It, it just got killed by. These. You don't run a fake, a fake news site now, do you? No, no, no. It, it's uh, you know, it's, uh, Sean King, who's uh, um, he writes for the New York Post, but he's like a one of the biggest Black Lives Matter kind of guys, okay. and he's been he's been going. By the way, these and he puts up every time another one does it, he puts up their picture and goes another another one did it. And there's just a lit, and they're they're these fucking guys. They're they're the anti-government guys. They're killing cops right now. Um, so there's this really disturbing uptick in things. Another thing. So I was in Bakersfield a couple weeks before the election, and um, Finn uh, had to take a shit. So we go to this gas station, and um, we're in there for a little while. So there's obviously a line for the bathroom, uh -huh. and I come out, and this white guy just barges in past me and then there's two women and like a guy Pakistani descent or something like that um, in line so there's three three people and they're like what are you doing what the, what is that and the guy just closes the door and I, and I was like what happened and they go we were standing in line and he just walked in front and we were like you're not next and then he just went in and I was like well that's weird I've heard that story like three times since the election so this may not be happening or it may be happening, but the way these guys operate, the way neo-Nazis work is, well, now we get to restructure society and we go to the front of the line. Like there's this weird sort of pattern that is coming together. So I'm, I'm wondering if 
if that's what they're actually thinking or if it's just they're doing it because of the election and they think they get to, you know, you know, be emboldened and be the top dog right now or if they're actually going to start fucking with people in that way. Like if that's what we're now living with uh, uh, on a daily basis. This I mean, weird... that'd, be, that'd be terrifying if that happened. Yeah, that, that's why I'm, I'm wondering what this is. Like, is this because did you because see the I, Nazi salutes today? Uh, well, I, I knew I, I mean, I, I saw some of the stuff after the election about the KKK celebrating and which, you know, is never a great look. Um, uh, no, you don't want the KKK. If the KKK is celebrating, I feel like the election didn't go well. I feel like you'd look back and go, I didn't do something right. Like, even if you haven't, you know, gone after the KKK vote, which you did, but even if you hadn't, like, you'd still be a little like, it's tarnished it a little. Okay, so this is in the Atlantic today. This is a meeting, uh, alt-right conference in Washington, D.C., and uh, this guy Richard Spencer was running it. It's at the... um, National Policy Institute, which is actually a, a you know fairly well-known right-wing think okay. tank. There you go. Take a look at that picture. They're not just answering questions, right? No, those are Nazi salutes. Oh, fuck me! So, regardless of what like has happened who, or how we got here, there's but, something happening. But who identifies with the Nazi? Like who? Who's not a skinhead in a like that? To me, is crazy. The, yeah, what, but you have what them about in your country. A, what about being there in every country? Yeah, but like skinheads. Like yeah, the but, but these, these are not skinheads. But these they're aren't fucking, skinheads. These guys. These are, are like, neo Nazis, right? So they're like in Italy. They've they there's been a fascist party forever. Now we're gonna have it in America. It's always gonna be here. It's gonna be out front and a thing that people subscribe to and are vocal about. And there's fucking talk about ethnic cleansing and shit. Like, what's, what's the end game of fascism? Like, in in the eyes of these people, do you think what sort of America do they actually want white, to see? White control. Ethnic, and ethnic how cleansing. do they think the rest of the world will deal with that? Or that's do they just, that's just the not think that's that? the crazy thing that I. Well, I mean, here's the thing. So France is about to fall to fascism. Did you yeah, know that? Oh, yeah. I saw. And Italy has a referendum thing coming too. That's apparently going to be a total fuck party. So there's. Greece, you know, is heading towards fascism, I believe, if I recall correctly. So, uh, so they won't be alone. Obviously, Putin is down with it, right? But even with the environment thing that Trump is talking about, if he if he did what he's saying and and pulled out of the Paris climate, the the countries in the world would just fuck us, like put tariffs up on the carbon tariffs, and like we would just be fucking ruined. I don't know what they're thinking. I don't know if they understand the, the repercussions of if they got what they wanted, if they how do, truly bad it if, would be. If, but yeah. if they do half the shit that they said, the rest of the world's going to, at some stage, have to go, hey, right. we're having an intervention. But it's not even the rest of the world. We've been, we've been at war for how long? Who goes to war? It's not white people. It's fucking Hispanics and blacks. And so... You're, if you're actually talking about starting some weird fucking war here, you're you're those guys aren't gonna those guys aren't on your side, and those guys are all ex soldiers. Like it's this crazy. But also, they the, think that they're starting a race war, right? Well, the other thing I was gonna say though, like even like with the military and stuff, is like if they pull back on the military, like you know, if they pull back on it overseas and stuff, like they've been talking about, 
Doesn't that hurt American jobs as well? Isn't that suddenly going to create a whole bunch of unemployed all, people as well? It all does. Because the military is such a big industry there now that like, and so built ingrained into your sort of ethos here in America, yeah. you know, the way that you, like the way that military people get to board early on planes yeah, or the no, way that they're celebrated, the way that, yeah. you know, whatever, like, you know, at games and all these sort of things, the yeah. deep layers of propaganda about serving military. And by the way, this is not meant to be disrespectful to anyone who is in the military because- I, I, I actually, in a, in a general sense, like I don't, like, you know, it's the more the whole, you know, that rich people send poor people to war to die all right. the time is like, you know, yeah. more the problem I have with it. But. Right. And plus, you know, the, those guys you see at the games, they're not being taken care of. They're not getting the medical help they need. They, well, I they saw Bernie tweet and... the other day that there was that thing about if we can send six, $6 billion on war, we can spend $6 billion to make sure that they're taken care of taken care of when they come home yeah but like they i mean don't. that yeah they don't but then they give them tickets to a game and they get cheered that's like, right that's their you get to their... get on the plane second yeah but behind the frequent flyers but... yeah right and, and then after there's all these different groups now i'm like oh frequent flyers and now oh credit card holders yeah oh a guy a guy with an eye patch oh like it's just this <laughs> fucking long stream of like what's happening oh yeah no doubt about um that. so i don't know what's happening yeah, like, like to, is, is that here. is that what's actually happening or is it just a post-election bump? Cause there's tons of assaults right. happening against Muslims and, and people of color. It's well, this horrifying. is the thing. And this, again, it comes back to that idea of going, you have to have at least had a cognitive dissonance enough to go, I'm going to have to deal with that being the result of this election. You know, that the people like, who voted for him, you mean? Yeah. The people who voted for him. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if they, I, I, I just wonder if they really, because the thing about, about fascism is it's it's sort of this really well that's what hitler was like that's the idea but there's different shades of fascism yeah that's so true. so i think that people don't when they hear fascism H- they're like we're not like, gonna kill a bunch of people yeah. but there's but beating people up on the street and and you know intimidating people is part of fascism so right. that's what we have right now that's what's happening yeah fascism fa- hitler gets all the good press well all the terrible press but all the popular press. right like hitler's like uh the name brand but you really like it's like when you get paper towel like you're like oh yeah i normally get brawny but to be honest i call them all brawny <laughs> you know what I mean? sometimes it's handy or something i guess but i'll call it brawny still yeah so there's this so i think that there's but do you weird... think america is in a state where you like Honestly, like if you look at like the rise of fascism, because yeah, the guy who runs the club in Cleveland, who is a guy I genuinely respect, said mm-hmm. to me, "There are so many things in place now that remind me of oh. yeah, rise of fascism." Do you believe that America is in a place where fascism, like actual fascism, could you yes. know really? We here's the thing: we hate each other. I mean, what do you mean by that? Because <sighs> everywhere I go, I meet people who are delightful. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. They all seem to be very friendly yeah. and they seem to be like normal people who <sighs> I have met most places in the world. And, you know, I just don't think the normal people are like that. So why, what do you mean by we, you all hate each other? So the, uh, I'm not saying we all hate each other, but there's enough, there's enough right and left who loathe each other, who want to destroy each other, that, uh, that refuse to work together that I don't see how the country survives. And I've, and I've thought that for a while. Like, I just don't know how you like the Republicans are trying to destroy the country, but what is their end game? I thought I fuck. I don't know because it, it just seems like they're just doing it for the rich and corporations. And there is no end game or understanding of 
it's this delusion that if you remove the safety nets, everything will be fine. But the safety nets there to protect the rich. The rich people don't put safety nets in place to help the poor. They do it so the poor don't fucking run into their castle and kill them. Like, that's what a safety net's for. But they want to remove all the safety nets. So I don't know what the fucking end game is. To me, it's insane. You're seeing, you're seeing the result of right now of what they've been doing. I mean, could there be a like a civil war, you know, between the sort of the rich well, and the poor in this fuck, country? I don't know what a civil war looks like in 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 those terms, but certainly they've been preparing for it. I mean, remember Ferguson? What do those cops look like? The thing that's going on up in North Dakota right now, that's because of a, a law Clinton passed. So Clinton passed this law that has only been used twice, Ferguson and up in North Dakota. And that law was that uh, that if there's a police force in an area and they need more police, they can uh, they can put out a call for police to come tactical like serious police to come from other areas so those cops can then cross state borders and act as a force so that's what's going on up there that's why you see this like super militarized sort of situation but they're they're preparing for whatever's coming and i've always thought it was because of climate change like climate change is going to fuck up everything well this is my thing about trump is that like all the, the american military a lot of their budget goes to climate change planning because of the you know obviously the war zones and whatever they're going to break out once you know the oceans rise and like and here here in the states dispossessed and climate change and all those sort of things and they're planning for all that so what happens when a dude comes in who doesn't believe in all that does it do you suddenly rip that money out of the budget or do those plans go out the window or do they just keep doing it regardless they just keep doing it they're the military is totally separate like they'll get their they'll get their funding and they'll they'll keep planning for it it's not going to change at all and it's an it's an what's happened what's coming on that front is inevitable like the poor get hurt first from climate change the rich get hurt last and so the apart poor, from those with harbor side mansions with what harbor H- harbor side mansions you know when the water rises you really i mean a yeah, lot of the rich rough. people have houses by the i mean yeah, but they just go to their other house yeah but your jetty is gonna like underwater <laughs> and your infinity pool well, once the infinity pool yeah. goes, you move. Once, once the harbor is actually touching the infinity pool, I mean, that's <laughs> going to be a struggle for rich people. So don't, don't think that's just poor people, mate. I'm reading a book right now called The Water Knife, which is a, a science fiction about uh, the environment. It's basically about what happens when water is running out in the country and how people turn against each other. So Texas is supposed to be the first state that runs out of water in about mm-hmm. 20 years. And, um, and so all the Texans are, are refugees <laughs> and they're just treated like shit and people have shut down the borders. And so Texans are now like, like the dirty, gross people that you take advantage of and use and spit out. And it's really, it's sort of fascinating, but like the, the, the reason that they're militarizing all the police is because there's shit that's going to go down and they're, they have to be ready for the poor people to revolt when the, you know, the fucking water's going away and right now California's crops are fucked and that's that feeds like half the country. Like that's so shit's gonna get weird. So they're they're ready for it. I don't know I don't know what a war looks like here. I I don't know if it is it is going to be a war as much as just people splitting up and I definitely think what you're gonna see after this election is uh more more people of color moving to cities. And trying to get out of the rural rural areas, but that just makes the problems worse it because does make then it worse. then you don't have any experience of what like a black person is like or what a right. And then th- so those communities become all white communities. Right. Surely you can't 
have a country that – so do then parts of the country – could you just do a thing where you split the country in half and half half I move mean, to one side and half move to the other? Honestly, that's what it should be now. Like the coasts of America should be a country. Right. Right? And then the and then uh, the middle should be a different country. America too. Yeah, I mean, what's the fuck? We someone put up a map of like California, Oregon, America, Ma- California, Oregon. <laughs> yeah, right. You from America or America? <laughs> oh, you live in America. Oh, the USM. They have a beer. They have a beer at least. <laughs> yeah. But someone put up a map of Washington, Oregon, and California, and I was like, yeah, that that's a good state. I, I, that's a good country. I'd take that one. Right. Well, maybe that's what you need to do. Maybe you need to split it up, sell you it off. You can't. There's Trump no, could do that, right? But there's no. Uh, that seems like a fire sale. He would do that. China can have a bit. We we make too much money for the rest of the country. They would never let us go. That's the dirty little secret: is we give away, we give up so much of our money to the poor states, who then scream at us about welfare. Well, don't don't give them the money. I fucking that'd be the best thing ever. Uh, all right. Well, so, we- so I, so if that happens, that's that's one scenario. The other uh, scenario is that just the the just the the these guys pillage the country for all the money and just right. fucking suck it dry and leave like no safety nets. And then and then what's coming in twenty 2020 twenty or twenty twenty four is like a real fucking nightmare. I mean, I, there's a part of me that thinks it might be that one. It, well, that- it's a part of me that thinks that they're just like when you let a con man in. The con man's going to come in and like you can already see it in appointments and those sort of things and it'll be the shit that he leaves in place, you know, yeah. while he's fucking, you know, cl- cleaning the gold out of everybody's fucking right. teeth. Yeah. He'll put in place all these fucking monsters who will do lasting damage to institutions and laws and, you know, things like that. that but you then know. but then the end result is total fucking instability and then then you do have then the military has to crack down, right? Right. Then what's your what's your answer? Yeah. But I thought that was going to happen after four or eight years of Hillary anyway. Like, that's the direction we were going in. This just sped it up a little bit, but this is always fucking happening. Uh, I, I guess the big important question then is, should I go home? <laughs> <laughs> I have a quite nice country that is also okay, going so- that way a little bit, to be honest, but is still a fair way behind going that way in the way that your place is right. going that no, way. We, we're uh, we're and, on the... We're on the A, the a it's, plan. It's nicer for me, and perhaps as a public voice, I could play even some small role in, like you know, helping turn around or frame debates in a way that right. you know might actually, you know, like I mean, I think that I hope, I I hope that a journey that I've been on with my work is the idea of trying to at least present ideas in a way that is like not like, hey, this is a hundred percent what I think. Like, I mean, I'm sure that I'll have a conversation with you tonight that is probably different on a bunch of points than the conversation I'll have with Jen Kirkman. Sure. Because I can talk to you both as a kind of like, well, here's a bunch of things I think. Here's, you know, you tell me what you, you think. And, you know, I'm happy to kind of hear both of those things. And, you know, my thing may even fall somewhere in between or whatever. Yeah. But I hope that like in the entertainment I'm making and having these discussions that you get to hear a bit of that, you know? Yeah. Um, Maybe it would be better for me to just go home and get away from here because here is scary. Do you think that I should stay or should I go home? Well, actually, I would say uh, you'll know in like February. Right. Because historically, authoritarianism happens very quickly. It happens over like two months. And then you'll know and you can just leave. You're never you're never going to have a problem leaving whenever you want to leave. So yeah. you might as well stay and see what happens. But it's going to get super ugly. That's my belief. I think it's going to get really ugly. If it is going to get super ugly... 
should I stay here for some of that just to like experience it? Or do you think that's something that I'd immediately want to remove myself? I from? think I would, I would say, I mean, I mean, I'm a, I'm is, a white man, here, so I'm not you're a like, white man in, yeah, in, in LA, in LA. I mean, but I go on the road, I'm going to Alaska next week. Yeah. I mean, that'll be interesting. Right. I mean, it's also interesting to go up there and talk to people and see what they're thinking. Yeah, I agree. No, I, I mean, I love it. I mean, I really do love it. That's the thing. Whenever I would go to a, a another state, when I did more stand up, I would just talk to people and see what they were thinking about stuff. It's right. it's fascinating to actually to actually talk to them because then you don't get this paint them all with a brush fucking bullshit. You're like, no, it's it's this and right. it's this and yeah. Uh, there are a bunch of reasons. I I would stay. I mean, I think it's it's. Until it gets really ugly, if it does, then you can fucking leave in a heartbeat. You know, yeah. it's not like you're. It's not like you're. They're gonna. They're gonna keep you here. I mean, you know, you know. I mean, <laughs> sure. I've wormed my way into some hearts, Dave. Uh, all right. Uh, before we go, I just want to tell you a nice story. You know, we'll cheer it up. You know, at the end, a bit of fun. This wasn't cheerful. I think this was, uh, <laughs> in the circumstances, as cheerful as it could have possibly been. But um, uh, what I was going to say to you is, uh, do you know Brian Regan? Mm-hmm. at all yeah he's a super nice guy uh so saturday night uh he was happened to be doing a show in uh, cleveland a guy called joe oh. zimmerman was doing support for him uh-huh. and uh, one of the guys i was on the bill with ramon rivas uh he uh you know, basically you know knew joe a little i think is basically what the relationship was and so he kind of just sent out a tweet you know kind of just making contact mm-hmm. we were sitting backstage and be like oh, gee, it'd be nice to meet brian regan yeah. you know like so anyway joe was really nice enough to send me a, like a direct message and say hey um you know when the show was finished like he said hey we're having a drink at this bar down the road mm-hmm. if you want to come down i'm happy to introduce you to brian and we're yeah. like oh fantastic so we wandered down and as we're going in the door of the hotel brian is leaving so he's walking out <laughs> as we're walking in right? <laughs> and we don't stop him because we don't know him yeah. so i don't want to like yeah but he's yeah. clearly leaving so we like this wave of disappointment kind of goes over us, but at the same time, yeah, we had no yeah. expectation it was going to happen. It would have only just been one of those nice things. So we go inside to see Joe and have a drink with him, you know. Anyway, hopefully, and so we go inside and Joe sees us and he goes, "Oh, Brian just left," and we're like, "Oh yeah, no, we know we saw him." He goes, "Oh no, 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 I'll go and get him," and we're like, "Oh no, 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 we don't want to be like yeah. I'd like to meet him." But I don't want to be the annoying reason that he right. had to come back. Like, if he needs to go, he had a show tonight, mm-hmm. he's been having a drink, go home. Like, yeah. I'd rather that. And he goes, no, 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 he, he, he'd like, you know, I'm sure he'd like to come back. So he came back in, and then the bar was shut, you know, where they were. And so we went upstairs and we found another bar. And then for two hours, he, and like, you know, a few friends he had and whatever, but like, sat around with us, bought everyone drinks, Mm -hmm. like shots, like, you know, the whole thing. Ramon uh, doesn't drink, the guy that I was there with, the other comic, and he had a shot because he was like, (laughs) like, Brian Regan's buying shots, I guess I'll have a shot. I was talking to him so much about, you know, just comedy and life and whatever, and he was very, like, I'm sure that every comedian gets in his ear and wants to, I I, I tried not to exclusively talk to him about comedy, you know, like, and, but he was so delightful and it was such a he genuinely like came back and gave us a really nice experience and i was like he didn't need to do it yeah and he was kind of you know and it it was i thought it was very generous of him he is one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet i was having this uh conversation afterwards with a friend i it's hard to ever kind of quantify somebody's comedy career because there are so many Mm -hmm. aspects to it right like we talk about the idea of being who's the best stand-up in the world, but 
how do you quantify that? Is right. it critically or is it on tickets sold or is it on like, you know, there's yeah. not kind of a world championship. Like it's at the end of the day, it's an art form, right? Right. But outside someone who's ever had a major TV show, I know he did like, you know, Tonight Shows and Stand Up and, you know, stuff like that. But like who doesn't have a Seinfeld or a Chris Rock sort of media uh-huh. presence. Is there anyone in the world who would sell more tickets than him essentially just based on doing what it is that I we do, doing stand-up? I don't think so. I can't imagine. Maybe Russell Peters, but maybe but not for as, as long. like doing stuff. I mean, he so did a much. lot. of. He had pretty big audiences before he had. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, kind of. Like it was mostly through stand-up for a fair yeah. while. But I mean, Brian's been like that for 30 years. Yeah. Of like really just being the biggest, well, one of the biggest comedians in the country, yeah. but without any of the things that makes any no, of nothing the other people else. that big. Right. And no one is. I mean, you know, he's playing 2,000, 3,000, 4,000 seats a night every night. That's crazy. Yeah, he's a unique fucking guy. I mean, it's amazing. And clean. And clean, works clean. Not clean. And that's the great thing about him is in real life, not clean. Right. Like, right. And loves a drink, obviously. And like, was, you know, was having a real good time. Mm -hmm. But. The, the the thing that I've always said about Regan for people who don't know Regan or don't know his work is or get turned off by the idea that when you say and he's clean yeah. is that he's clean but you wouldn't notice that no, he's you, clean. You do not notice for a second that he's clean. Right. Not at all. Until it's over, and, you're like, oh, and he, that's didn't, the, he didn't swear. And that's the great joy of it. Yeah. Is that like it's never made a point of it. It's not like he's he's not a clean living like I mean, you know, like I think that's sometimes the p- problem with clean comedy is it's done by people who have a clean attitude to life, right? Right. So the thing that you don't like about the clean comedy is that the person you don't, uh, you actually really don't like the person telling. Well, it's it. a, it's moral superiority, <laughs> right. right? Yeah. Whereas he isn't saying that swearing is bad, right? Or that drinking is bad, or that like yeah, yeah whatever is bad. He's just choosing in this particular artistic expression not to not to do it not to do it doesn't matter but he does do it and it kind of informs who he is so you kind of get the sense that he is swearing without him right swearing totally totally he's the only comedian who has made me fall out of my chair laughing yeah yeah he's a real force of nature yeah you know it's um, to see him live is really something yeah anyway it was a it was a really uh it was a little Cleveland miracle. I loved it. I did not get a photo. Ramon got a photo. And I was like trying to be all cool. Like, you know, <laughs> he, he was he was very respectful, you know, of like, because I think he's a guy who, you know, obviously came up through the clubs and yep. has like a respect for the, and likes that club there in Cleveland. So like the fact that I was like, you know, doing my week of shows there and whatever mm-hmm. was kind of a immediate passport to a certain level of, you know, sure. his sort of, you know, but I, but then I didn't get a photo. And I yeah. When I saw Ramon's photo the next day, I was like, ah, I should have got a photo. I should have just put aside my fucking ego and got a fucking photo. Uh, you know what else about Brian Regan <laughs> is that he is one of those guys who remembers everyone's name. So you'll see him, you'll meet him, and you'll see him five years later, and he'll be like, Dave. Like he has one of those memories yeah, that he right. remembers. And when you're a young stand-up, that makes you feel so like, oh shit, Brian Regan, remember my name. Like it, it makes such an impact on young standups. One of the things I love that occasionally happens when you play the road is that you have, you're working with someone who's a young standup who is a bit of a sponge for just wanting some advice. And sometimes yeah. you'll get someone who's at a really 
interesting part of their career where you go, oh, I actually think that there is. I mean, if you, you know, if you ask me the right questions, I think there probably is a few things I could say to you right now that would be helpful to you. And that happened during this week. Mary Santora, who was um, – she's a Cleveland uh, act. She's mm-hmm. a local Cleveland act. And she's at that point in her career where she's like a um, – the, uh, this is not an entirely accurate comparison, but it's a good enough comparison. She reminds me of a young Kathleen Madigan. Okay. Like, you know, really yep. great attitude already. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, really relatable. Got a good, good strong kind of sassy, yeah. like down to earth stage presence, good ideas. And she's in that period where she's going from her one-liners that was her first five minutes to kind of like, you know, really broadening out her act into longer spots and uh-huh. those sort of things. And she's at that point where she's deciding whether she'll quit her job or not. So that's oh, where she, yeah. you know, so she's right there. And so there actually was a couple of things where I was like, oh, well, I reckon this and maybe this. And I can see just like there was a couple of jokes where I was like, oh, I could just go, oh, there are old jokes and there are new yeah, jokes because sure. like in a new joke, like she's moving around a bit. Yeah. And she's in the joke and her old one, she's telling the bap, same bap, way bap, she bap, told bap, it. Bap, yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> and, and I kind of gave her some feedback and she did a couple of things. And like by the end of the week, I was like, Oh, that was really not like it was such a like it's not one of those things you think about as being like part of your week or weekend. Yeah. But to be able to like give someone uh, and I, by the way, only a, a tiny little bit of sort yeah. of technical advice really was all it was, or a tip that I thought might help, and then actually see them Do try it. to implement it and it helping them. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's nice. I'm yeah. glad, I'm I'm glad I wasn't full of shit on that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I was just guessing, but turns out I guess right, so that's okay. Jake Johansson used to do that with me. It was great. It was always really helpful. Yeah, well, I think he he's given me... I think he's got a good way of giving you blunt yes. advice yes. that is not... doesn't come across as being... He's told me some home truths, I think, you know, in a good... Yeah. In a good way, like in a, in a way that I really respected, but also like there was one time in particular where I was just... I was being, I was in London and I hadn't slept and I, I did a show that he came to and the show hadn't, wasn't as great as I would have hoped and I kind of didn't handle it as well as I ordinarily would have, I think, on the night. But mostly, I think, because he and his wife were there and I was a bit embarrassed uh, that it wasn't going awesome. And, yeah. And, you know, of course, he, like, he kind of cut through my bullshit a bit about that, uh, you know, like, in a way that I needed. Yeah. Like, and, you know... It was really that thing of like, you know, that I hadn't slept and a bunch of other factors as well. But there was a bit of me going, oh, like having a, having a, having a sook like I was there, like, like I was five years in, not fucking 21 years in, you yeah, know? Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. it's like, this hasn't gone perfectly for me. <laughs> Shut up. It's gone fine. I mean, it's the same show you tell every night, mate. So, <laughs> all right. Uh, we should go. Um, but we should, uh, I'm going to put this up. So we should um, uh, plug the dollop shows that are going to oh, yeah. be this weekend. So, uh, tell me what the story is. So Seattle on uh, the 25th at the uh, Neptune Theater. Uh, We're doing a, a live dollop with uh, Will Anderson as our guest. That's me. Yep. And then on uh, Saturday, we're in Portland at uh, at the Aladdin Theater. Uh, that's the 26th. Our, uh, our guest is Will Anderson. I know. That, um, I just did some shows in Portland, and uh, a whole bunch of people who came to those shows said they were also coming to the dollar Oh, show. nice. Yep. Good. And then uh, that one I'm looking forward to. Uh, and then, because uh, I have a really topic. I think the topic's great. 
Um, and then San Francisco uh, the next night on the 27th, uh, a ghost just came in and yeah. opened the door. And uh, that one is at what Marines Memorial. What? <laughs> Sorry, no, I was, that was a that that's a sweet Westworld reference. I've just oh, made it for is? anyone who's watched Westworld, but you, I know that you haven't watched it. I haven't watched so, it yet. No. I'll watch it. But if anybody else is up to date, how fucking good is it? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we'll be at those. Come come out. Watch uh, watch us do uh, live dollops. Uh, I'm going to be in Alaska the week after that, Denver the week after that, Madison the week after that. I'm in Bermuda uh, early in January. Oh, wow. That's interesting. Have you been right? there before? You no. Stand up? Have you been to Bermuda? No, never been there. Uh, so it's it's through the Just for Laughs people, you know, the oh, JFL okay. Canadian yeah. people. Mm-hmm. It's only four of us going over. Jessica Kirshen. Kirshen? Kirshen? I don't know how I particularly pronounce her last name. But I followed her on Twitter and she's very, very funny. Okay. Uh, Alonzo Bowden. Uh-huh. And uh, Canadian comedian K. Trevor Noah. K. Trevor Wilson. Not K. Trevor Noah. K. Trevor Noah is the Canadian, <laughs> Canadian host of uh, the Kadaily Show. <laughs> I had to call it the I Kadaly love the, Show. I love the Kadaly Show. Yeah, the Kadaly Show. You guys watch the Kadaly Show, right? Oh, no, I host the KKK. Oh, my God. I wonder what they're going to do. They are so fucked. Who are the Daily Show? Yeah, so... Because what, of Trump winning, you mean? One, one of the things about... What about, do you think was the role of humor in... Do you think there is a problem terrible. with... It's been terrible. Okay, so in what regard? What... What do you think? In, in the, what do you the, think the mistake that comedy made? Do you have time to? Yeah, go yeah, with this? I'm, I'm fine. Okay. Like cheekily uh, making fun of shit that's really bad. Uh-huh. And I think that I think that a show like The Daily Show, like at some point, your tactics have to turn to this is a really fucking horrible thing, and attack it. But The Daily Show was always sort of like. Let's try to play both sides a little bit. These guys are this way. These guys are this way. We'll make fun of them both. But never really, really getting at an issue as much as getting in how issues are talked about. Mm. And now you can't do that. You can't talk about how people talk about shit. It's got it. You really got to get into the issue. And is and there a, and you have to choose a side. Is there a possibility that this will be a great time for them because it will give Trevor Noah an opportunity to now be, you know, a voice against you know, everything that Trump does. Like, does that, I don't think the they would, I don't know if they would do that. I don't know if they would do that. Well, I mean, they've got to go one way or the other. Now, don't no, they? they don't. That's the thing about these. That's the thing about these guys is they like the guy who, a guy who really picks a stand one way or the other is Bill Maher. He's like the right. only one, but he's a fucking idiot. He is like, he's a fucking moron. Uh, so, never. If I agree with someone more that I hate. <laughs> <laughs> uh so but these other guys like john oliver doesn't as much i mean like a classic one of the classic examples i i choose of like what what's wrong with how the liberals went after this stuff is is was the whole drump thing like there were people that literally really at that time thought that that was going to take him down let's right. tweet drump, and it's like you're so far off from what reality is so there's this there's this sort of but the problem's not really them as like a show more that, that that people actually think that shit counts right no not no I think it is as a show because I think that at some point you have to you and I think it should happen way before this like you got to you do have to choose a side and you have do have to say 
this is right and this is wrong. And 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 really I mean, I think I it. think that show does that better than John most Oliver? of the other ones because they do go in depth on things and often from the perspective of you know the like trying to get to the fact and the heart of things rather than just playing both sides for humor. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I think he's he's better at it than certainly the Daily Show. They certainly also have the forum for it where they can yeah. you know, take take apart. They're not doing that thing of nightly covering. You know what went on that day. They have the luxury of going. If we're going to go in, do a Trump piece, we can do a twenty-minute piece where we, you know, genuine, right, really you know, go into it right. with depth. And they certainly did that during the election. The one they did, yeah, you know, previous to the election was certainly not. It wasn't Trump wasn't fucking part of it. Do you know what I mean? Like they clearly had realized by then, but obviously it was too late by then. Yeah, like, too you late. Know, but and they they <clears throat> did one where they attacked Jill Stein, and it was like, that's not the fucking. <laughs> go after the enemy like that's not the thing you go after punch punch up don't punch down uh so yeah i mean i get it but i also think there's an aspect of it that's not it's not as biting or as fucking call it out no one's calling it out what these guys were no one no one everyone just kind of ignored it like the right wing, even without Trump, is monstrous right now. The vice right. president well, he's is a fucking monster. Yeah. I mean, so what did you think about this whole fucking hoo-ha over, the, like, booing at Hamilton? Then? I think he should have pigs blown thrown on him. Like, right. Everywhere. Like, anytime. Right. Like, that's the thing is, like, like, these guys shouldn't be comfortable walking down the street. I mean, without going to fucking conspiracy theory town, do you believe, because they knew about the Trump University Settlement. No, I don't. That I think they, Trump is a fucking idiot, and right. I don't think he. Uh, you're you giving him way. You're giving him way too much because, credibility. But why would you? Okay, so do you think they just have a denial of how the world sees them? Because yeah. why otherwise does Mike Pence go to? Does it is that just because he doesn't get that he will go to like something yeah. like Hamilton and people there might have a problem with him? Oh, one hundred percent. That he would go to Broadway musical theater to a show that is full of a diverse cast of people, and that he, with all these hateful opinions, would find a place there and everything would be fine. Well, you, at you the, think that he has that denial yeah, of reality at, to a point. At, at where, the worst, he thought that people might be irritated by it, but he didn't think they would boo. He he didn't think yeah, that right. a stink would be made. He thought he'd go. First of all, they're trolls, so they love it when. They they walk into a place like that right. and everyone gets upset. Yeah, but they, they, yeah. they are they are now learning how furious the left is and they're and they are ill prepared for an angry left. They don't know what that is and it's coming. And they're and they're not gonna know what to do with it. Like that that's one good thing that's gonna come out of this is fury towards them is something they have never experienced in their lives and, and they're gonna get it tenfold and they're not gonna know what the fuck to do. Yeah, I mean, definitely, well, there's going to be a whole bunch of things done that are going to trigger responses and, uh -huh. like, big responses from people. And they're going to have to be organized and they're going to have to, you know, if, if this doesn't, you know, ignite you know, people will. to do things, then nothing will. There's right. no doubt about that. But the, the, I guess the issue is what damage is done in the meantime. Or, you know, Correct. You know, does it, like, is this one of those sort of things of going, well, the good news is we got rid of the termites. <laughs> um, bad news is we burnt the house down so well, it was never going to be any other way because you know the the left is super comfortable on their coasts and have no problems and the only way that they are that's why they fight over abortion because it's something they actually see going away in places meanwhile they're everything's fine for them everywhere else pretty much and they're winning the battles you know with gay marriage and everything but now they're going to because they've ignored everything else, now they're going to lose it all and have to fucking fight for it. 
all over again. And they'll have to realize that everything matters as opposed to just one or two things per election. Cause we are going to lose it all. These guys are, these guys are going after every single fucking thing. Well, the good news is the termites are gone. So <laughs> that's the most important thing. Termites are a creepy, weird right. bug. Who cares if we had to burn down the country? No more termites. I don't. As long as the termites Mate, are gone, you know what? I'm fine with it. You know what? We made America termite-free again. We made America something. What do you think that America has any idea what it actually wants to be? I think is that the problem? No, I, I I think that. What does it think it is? Do you think? Well, I mean, the part of the problem is that there's there's these two parties that control everything that 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 most people don't agree with it. The, the, right. either side. Um, oh, oh, so this is what I was going to ask you. Why so many people don't vote? Like, why does oh. half this country not vote? Because to me, because I'm from a country where voting is compulsory. Right. So for me, I've just been raised in a way. This goes back to this idea of like the difference between how you're raised and how you have a prejudice to the way you were raised. You know, why the yeah. idea of racism and difference and yeah, integration and all of those things are problematic. Because even on something as simple as this... I naturally think that compulsory voting is better. And the major reason I do, or at least the first instinctive reason I do is, it's how I was raised and I was told it was better. Yeah. Right? I have since thought about it and I will never be able to get away from that programming, but I still do think it's better. I get the argument. I I, I agree. I get the argument that you, like part of democracy is not having to vote. Yeah. Fine. In Australia, you don't have to vote either. You just have to rock up on the day and I'll hand you a paper. You can draw a dick, right? Draw a dick. Lots of people do. Yeah. Heaps of dicks. Yeah. In fact, that's what they did in America and Donald Trump. That's, that's, that's <laughs> like, we're counting dicks as Trump, right? It's the hanging dick. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, uh, yeah. So uh, why, why half the country doesn't vote? What do you think? So, I mean, there's a multitude of reasons each, each person has, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, I mean, you're seeing a case where it does matter. Right doesn't it really it, forever it hasn't mattered just it really doesn't fucking matter they they're gonna do what they want to do they get elected they don't give a flying fuck and they're all bought and sold by corporations well are we at a point now so this i guess is the next question then are we at a point now where not only obviously you know that the 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 politics is so corrupted by its links to you know big business but also the fact that now these companies, you know, Facebook and whatever, mm-hmm. are bigger, yeah. are bigger than the yeah. governments and more powerful than the governments, and have proved that like the way that the news feeds on, you know, Facebook influenced this election have probably been, you know, like as influential as you know any of the big media companies, the old school newspapers, you know, like people who, clearly, who used people, to do the same thing. People clearly listen to, you know, um, uh, Facebook, you know, more than they listen to the New York Times or right. whatever, right? So are these companies so big now that regardless of who's in that it's impossible to change is like, would Bernie have been able to change it? If Bernie had been in and Bernie had won, is the system so broken that he, even he with his ideas would not have been able to change it? Well, see the thing about Bernie that people don't understand is, is that he, no, he wasn't going to change it, but he was, he was trying to start a movement where people got out on the fucking streets constantly and constantly uh, called and con- like he was trying to start a, a movement of people not being apathetic anymore. That was his whole thing. It wasn't about we're gonna we, we're actually gonna change. You can't get shit past that Congress. 
but his whole thing was get people active, which is what he was doing. Mm -hmm. I mean, he got tons of young people active, so he was very successful in that. But I mean, at the end of the day, it's so fucking broken. It's so the system needs to completely be gutted. And how does that happen? Well, you can't, can it? Well, I mean, not with corporations, not with... I mean, not the, the way the that problem it's now is, structured. No, I mean, the, the real Like, you're not going to get is, the Walmart family to hand back all that fucking money. No, oh, good good God, no. And and look, the Supreme Court, everyone acts like it's, it's not political. It's so fucking political. They're just politicians. They ruined the country. The Supreme Court ruined the country. Like, and... And they can't take back the shit they've done. The, the Citizens United, where people can just give as much well, that's, money as they yeah. fucking want. So that's they've they've destroyed it. That's and, very much at the heart of a yeah. lot of these problems again. And, and so and so, I, there is there is no. I don't know what people think is going to happen. I mean, the only thing that could happen is hopefully the old people die off fast because the millennials are against capitalism. They're they just think it fucked them, which it did. So if they can get control of things and move it towards away from that corporate shit possibly but at the end of the day the supreme court is sitting there and they've already fucking ruled and what are you going to do what there's nothing it's it's they've set in motion they started this in the 1920s when they fucking made corporations people like that was that was literally the beginning of the end and it wasn't even a fucking decision some asshole wrote it in the margins of a of a judgment like it's insane so I, I, I see no, I, I don't know how you get out of this. It's like you look at this country and you're like, this is everything that shouldn't happen. Right. It's, it's literally top to bottom, everything you could do wrong, just across the fucking board. So I don't know. People are always like, the Constitution's great. You're like, it can't be that great if it put us here. It's probably not that good. I said that on stage on Saturday night, and people were just like, oh, oh, and that's in San Francisco. Well, I mean, it's like instead of having to use maps on your phone, you had to use the first fucking map that somebody made of your area. <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> How do I get over to your place for the podcast? Well, here's your parchment. Use MapQuest. Yeah. <laughs> Go near the tree. There's a, near, there's a wiggly line near a tree. Like, I mean, absolutely. But also, it's a guidebook for a system for a society that doesn't exist right so like it may have been it wasn't clearly but even if you go by the premise that at the time it was a perfect document for its times right how the fuck like mate like i love westworld and i get to hear people argue about and complain about fucking westworld all the fucking time and that's just a tv show like (laughs) and we're heaps smarter now like how the fuck do you think they worked out everything that was going to happen in the future. Well, it's they weren't Nostradamus. It's how, not like they. So so, how do you have a constitution that uh, that is built upon white people owning black people, and then when you stop owning black people, not rewrite the thing? Right. How does that work? Not do a do over. Like that. That means the, every, the whole structure thought, is changed. I would have thought, hey, remember when we wrote this and we own black people? Don't you feel like that's infused through the whole document? And it is. That's what our electoral college is based on. Right. About you know, you know, that's power and control of slave states. And you know, but I was watching that uh, the documentary on Netflix. I think it's called Thirteen. Or, oh uh, yeah, Thirteen. Yeah. And it, like, I mean, it makes a compelling case for the fact that it's never really gotten away to a certain extent. You what know? slavery? I mean, slavery. Oh no. And by the way, when we talk about economic sure. inequality, you know, that's right. I mean, that this is where I mean, and again, 
yeah, I mean, there's yeah. When you talk about the drug war and who the victims of yeah the drug the war on drugs the mm-hmm. so-called war on drugs that sort of entrenched impoverishment you know yeah I mean you can even hear it in Trump's language the way that he thinks you know when he was always asked about black people he always talk about inner cities like yeah. just immediately like that was the only type of black people <laughs> there were and I was like oh, yeah because in your mind that is the only type of everyone's like uh, right. There's a there's a woman who was on one of the uh, Apprentice shows, and she's she's black, and she's now like she's worked on his campaign, and and she works for him. She's going to work in his administration. Uh, Omarosa. Yeah. yeah, and it was so funny because I I no I don't watch I don't watch reality, so I had no idea. And I was reading an article about her the other day, and then it got to the point it was like she's been acting in she's been acting for a while since then, and every character she plays is the evil villain. I was like, oh yeah. That, yeah, and the reason she plays the evil villain is because that's inherent within right. her. No, no, she was a, she was evil on the show. She was famously evil, Amazing. like probably the most evil contestant of all and, time. And that's his person. He's like, "That's my black." Yeah, or was it? Is that what he says? Black is that's my black person. Oh, yeah, or yeah, that's yeah, my black, black person. That's my black person. My black person. That's my so black slavery person. went away. And then on the other hand, uh, <laughs> Hillary is uh, sitting on a radio show, uh, acting like she keeps Tabasco in her purse. <sighs> I keep hot sauce in my purse. No, you don't. What? Uh, tell me this. What do you do from now on? How does this affect you and who you are as a performer and like what your comedy is going to be like? Well, like, what is your response to this? Do you not talk about it at all? Do you talk about other things? Do you like? How does it inform you as like an artist and a comedian? Well, so it's kind of weird because I've never talked about this stuff in my comedy. But now clearly I've sort of made myself this thing that people sort of are interested in what I have to say about this stuff, particularly because of this election and also what I said on that, that episode. How I, I mean, that episode of Topop, I haven't gone back and listened to it, but apparently I, I broke down exactly what would happen. So, uh, uh, so I think... Essentially, I, you come on and predict uh, the end of the world and Justin Hamilton predicts the end of Batman. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm gonna, you know, uh, the, if, if I go to Melbourne, uh, you know, if they ever, if I ever find out if that's happening, um, they probably just think you're trying to flee the country. Yeah. But the idea was to do a show about guns, but that's, that's changed now, right? right. You can't just talk about guns no. without talking about, well, that the poor old guns have been knocked down the, right. They don't concerns. even matter anymore. As a yeah. matter of fact, we're all thinking about getting guns. Right. Yeah. Um, Tandy, I can get a gun now. Can I get a gun? Probably no. not. No, yeah, American? you can get a gun. No, you can get a gun. You can, can get, a gun. get a gun. Yeah, you can get a gun. Maybe um, I'll get a gun. Maybe yeah, I'll get really into guns. Get a lot of guns. A lot of guns. I mean, that'd be a good show. Yeah. Angle. Oh my God, you all of a sudden in love with guns. Just love guns. Get heaps of guns. Well, Anderson's guns and always guns. Uh, this, you know, this oh, no, a, what would it be? Uh, my gun pun. Uh, it'd be oh God, uh, kill something with a kill. Shoot to uh, yeah yeah shoot to shoot to will. Shoot to will. <laughs> yeah, <there we> go. <laughs> writes itself uh, no no but this is a true story the other night because amy was really really upset when i got here and because uh, i flew over uh, as you know and you know on the so they announced it when we arrived mm-hmm. and so amy was really upset and she goes she actually said to me she goes you should get a gun and then she said this which was the best she goes oh no you'd probably just shoot your dick off and cry of embarrassment <laughs> 
No, you'd shoot your dick off and die of embarrassment. That's what she said. You'd probably just shoot your own dick off and die of embarrassment. Wow. Yeah. She knows you. She knows me. <laughs> I mean, my wife has always had a no gun rule, but the other day I looked at her and I was like, well, I might have to get a gun. And she's like, I know. Yeah. I mean, once shit starts, I guess. I'm going to go home. I'm just going to go home then. It, again, look where you are. I think you're fine. I mean, for a bit. I mean, it's not It's not going to be... It's not like in other countries where there's these battle lines that are drawn and it's just... It's going to be weird if it happens. Sporadic, but lots of violent... Like, outbursts of violence, you know? Yeah. Did you know that in the in North in the North Dakota there So they've they've got all those cops and they're fighting American Indians, which is awesome. <laughs> it's an awesome thing to watch. Uh-huh. Uh but uh a veterans group is asking for donations so they can go up and fight the police. So Iraq vets. Uh-huh. Right, so what does that say? That's I- an that's an army. <laughs> so sh- shit's <laughs> happening. That's how stuff happens. Like that's how stuff starts to come together. So then they're all there, and then other guys join them, and it like this, like the Bundy shit, in that and that Oregon town, like that could have started a thing, just like the Bundy thing in Nevada could have started a thing. So there's all these things in place that can easily turn into you know violence, but but there's no like, what do you attack? Where do you go? I mean, it's a very sort of strange. The anger, like. I mean, I know the right-wing well, guys what, would attack government buildings, but what, what are they going to do? Is there a risk if you do talk about, you know, well, so here's the thing. I've, I haven't really been tweeting about Trump, like, you know, kind of making jokes of it because so many people are anyway, and I'll often retweet things that I think are fun or enjoyable or make yeah. a good point or whatever. But I haven't kind of been dipping my toe in, A, because everybody's doing it, so it's hard to have yeah. an original thought, even if you do have an original thought and put it up there, you, you you just don't have the time to research if somebody else has also had that right. fucking original thought, you know. Right. So you just kind of leave some of it be. And and I've just been watching it go by. But also at the same time, if you ag- agree with that argument about the kind of, you know, sneering down your nose kind of elitist thing, you know, a lot of those jokes kind of play on that, right? Yeah. So that idea of going, well, this isn't helping. You right, know, it's not helping. This, what you're doing right now isn't helping. Right. And if the end game is that we actually genuinely, now we might not. We, maybe we're just going to be completely honest with ourselves and that isn't the end game. Apparently, maybe the end game is actually just to feel superior and sneer down your nose and whatever. And that's fine. If that's what it is, let's just acknowledge it and then we can just get on with that. It's going, actually, we actually think they are lesser than us uh, and we uh, choose right. to... Oh, that's well, the end well, game. Yeah, well, well, then, no, uh, you're right. Yeah. The, what's the Jennifer Lawrence movies? Yeah. The oh, Hunger, Hunger Guns, Games? Yeah. So we'll just put on the crazy outfits and prance around? Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's fair. Yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe that's what it is. But, I mean, I mean, what? Anyway, we we should finish. (laughs) There's, there's no, no. I mean, you know, it's gonna, it's gonna change uh, a month from now, and then it's gonna change again in two months from now, and like it's gonna be a really quickly and evolving sort of situation. Do you think this is a like a full on prediction? But. but, you know, you predicted it last time, so why not? Let's go for a really know, big full-time that, one. That was much easier to predict. Uh, does he run again? No. And no? Nope. So you reckon it's definitely like a one-term? One and out if he even makes it through the term. Right. Okay. 
Uh, if he doesn't make it through the term, what do you think the most likely reason he hasn't made it through the term will be? That's the weird thing because he's going to need an out, right? If he if he really upsets the Republicans, they could impeach him because he's clearly done so many so things many that are things. illegal. Yeah, he can easily be impeached. He's very impeachable. Um, but I don't know if they'll do that because they just like the control party right. situation, and that and they might be able to get what they want of you know destroying the country through. I I just feel like he's going to quit. I just feel like he doesn't want the job. He he never thought he was going to win. Right. I, th- I think he thought he was going to come in second in the Republican primaries. And he wasn't trying to win the fucking election. He certainly wasn't trying to re- win in the first place. Once I think he became the candidate, like in some ways, he like uh, there seemed to be that big Trump media sort of like right wing TV empire sort of thing yeah. that they had some end game. And then he's actually won the whole fucking thing. I mean, the fact that they didn't know that they had to hire their own staff in the West Wing like was one of those ones where right? you're like, oh, you just actually they, didn't even look into what no you need to have in place have, if you want. They have no fucking idea what they're doing. No idea at all. They just thought the stuff stayed from Obama. Yeah, they thought they got all the people. <laughs> you guys are leaving? Wait, you guys are leaving? No. The, the thing is, is like you, you have to hire, yeah. like all those jobs, it's cronyism and it's, and it's people who know people and nobody wants to work for them. Right. So they're going to have a hard time just filling the fucking but then, shit but grunt this is, jobs. But this is the problem is, again, they fi- then end up filling them with inferior people or with people who are like have some massive compromise. Like the fact that he's yeah. surrounded by white supremacists or these That's people. That's because no one wants to work for no him. Because no one else wanted to work with him. Yeah. He, uh, there was a guy who worked uh, in the Reagan administration and someone from Trump's group called him up and said, hey, can you come in and meet uh, and, and you know give some ideas on on who, who you think would be good for the cabinet. And he goes, I mean, he goes, you guys know that I, I was one of the never Trump guys. And they go, yeah, but you know, you have experience and we just like, and so he goes down there and the guys in the transition team don't know this guy's coming in and he walks in and they, and one of them turns around and says, like, fuck you. We fucking beat your ass. What are you fucking? They literally screamed him out of the room. These are the people running the country. They screamed him out of the room. I mean, by the way, though, what a great way to get revenge on someone who was said never Trump. Just like, oh, we got a, we got a job for you. Come down, everyone. We're going to scream at another guy. Here, here's the warning sign that I would look for. Uh-huh. If a journalist gets killed or severely beaten, okay, that would be, that would be the big tell that this is about to get really bad. Uh, what do you think the Democrats' best hope for 2020 is? Uh, Elizabeth Warren. How does the Democratic Party reform itself in a way that, like, the, the, you know, the, I mean, because, you know, even her with her ideas and whatever, you know, like, you know, there's there's much more to it, as, like, as we all say, than just the person in charge. So how do they change the way they're going about things so that, that they can appeal to enough people? They have to just eject. They have to just stop working for corporations. Like... If they want to save this country, they have to just go and listen to the people and talk to labor and do what Bernie did, which is just what, say, what just the, taking small donations. What do they and, do to those labor jobs? Like, I mean, that I guess that's the the big difficult question is like because there's no way Trump's getting them back. Well, no one's like, getting them back because we're this is the this the next eight years is the big transition from from 
people working jobs to robots right. working well, jobs. Well, this is, I mean, we're not far away from self-driving cars, the effect right. that's going to have on the transport industry. Like, I think that, that yeah. I, I read some statistic about one in every three Americans has like a family connection to the transport industry. Like, you're going to be looking at like massive job layoffs, like, you know, in, yeah, driving cars, like all these people who are currently driving around in their yeah. Ubers, they're not going to be they're doing gonna, that. They're going to be gone. Like, so... I mean, the effect that those sort of things, where are all these like so-called jobs going to come from? The only, the only thing that, and it's why I did a doll about Huey Long, because I think he would have done this. The only thing that, it, the person who comes along and says, I'm going to give you a, a living income. Right. So this is the Ontario thing that I was telling you about. They've just decided that, I think it's about $22,000 a year is the minimum, like not the minimum wage, but the minimum anyone who is in Ontario gets. And so if you don't get anything, like if you don't have a job or whatever, you get $22,000 a year. And if you earn less than $22,000 a year, so you earn $15,000 a year, they give you the other $7,000. I bet it's wildly successful because it just goes back into the fucking economy. Right. Well, because poor people spend money. Right. This is the they first don't thing. Don't give it to rich money. people. They put it in the Cayman Islands yeah. or Bermuda or whatever. The poor people just buy shit they need. Right, immediately. Yeah. And they buy them from local shops. Right. You know, and they serve the community and they don't go, you know, anyway, of course. Yeah. And poor people pay more for things than rich people do because they don't have, you know, the luxury of being rich actually saves you money in the end. And, yeah. You know, all these ridiculous things. And they're going into industries that serve, you know, anyway, right. whatever. There's, we, we all know this is absolutely the, the case. But what do they... And and I think you know for the arts and a bunch of other things as well. You know the idea that you go for to innovation, like innov- like yeah, startups, all those great. sort of things. You have time to work on ideas, and, but also and we also have phil- and also people who want to go out and help other people and right. just work with communities. And so imagine the effect it'll have on charity and stuff. If yeah. someone goes, well, I'll take my twenty two thousand dollars a year and go and you know volunteer or whatever right. it is. So, is there any possibility? Because we, because for all of us, as technology increases, we're going to have to redefine the attitude, this kind of like that work is something that is inherently of value, right? Because so, so what we saying, have at the moment you, when is… When you say inherently of value, yeah. do you mean our personal feelings about work? No, I mean that as a society, we have an attitude to work. Like so, for example, uh, that someone can't work, can't mm-hmm. find work. Yeah, that they are like a, a loser, or right. that they are a yeah a bludger. Slop There's somebody and, yeah. who's like not trying to like. Yeah. Whereas there may be a point we're getting to where there's just not you know, we have a society where there's not the right jobs for for some people. And yeah. but you know, if we want to have a society, and we will move more and more to a point where like the idea of those things that used to be everybody's jobs are all done by computers and machinery and all those sort yeah. of things. And those jobs will never come back. Right. And it's not like all those people who worked in the factory are also going to be able to like, you know, work in an AI lab. They're not necessarily the same skills. You may be able to create those jobs, yeah. but you won't be able to necessarily get Gary who's like, you know, putting, been putting an engine together for 30 years and suddenly teach him how to repair a robot's brain. It doesn't fucking work like that. <laughs> right. So you've just got to like, you know, get up to date with the idea that in the future there may be, you know, if we're going to either let's not rush so quickly towards automating everything if we don't want it, if we decide that we need jobs well, for that's people. Ha- that's happening right? anyway, regardless. It's, we're moving towards it whether or not we're ready for it philosophically or any any other way. It's just going to happen. Like, right. It's, so the rush you, is, is going So to then happen. you have to redefine 
You don't have how the society's attitude to work. Yeah, and also your personal attitude to work because a lot of these guys that don't have jobs, they don't want to be on welfare or anything else. They want they want a job, and this is going to be seen as welfare. I would say America, probably of all the first world countries, is the least prepared for that mentally. We, I mean, it's against everything that you purport to believe. It's like communism. It is communism. It will be. It will be seen as communism. Right. And and these guys who all think that they can be a millionaire because we it's been ingrained in this. The American dream is that you work hard and then you get a bunch of fucking money, like which is insane. You, you most millionaires haven't because they got fucking lucky. Right, but uh, also that's the lie you're being told by millionaires. So that you keep working and you don't actually go, right. hang on, how, why do they have everything That's and right. I have nothing? Yeah. They, they tell you the lie that, you know, and I, people believe it, by the way. Oh, no, because, but that's part of the selection. You're seeing right. the backlash against that idea. You're seeing the reaction to that lie. And yet at the same time, it almost proved that anyone can be. <laughs> because literally, if you need an example of something that proves that anyone can be president, it's that Donald <laughs> Donald Trump is the president of the United States. That's what he should uh, that's what he that's what he should start his like uh, first speech with. He goes, Well, I guess this proves anyone can be president. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. Okay, we've got to finish. We, we, I'm sure we will revisit this topic a million other times. So um Oh yeah, because I'll be back in a month and it'll be completely different. Yeah. All right. Uh, Dave, thank you very much. Uh, I will uh, see you on the weekend. Yeah.